guys and girls, and welcome to episode 178 of the F-Reality Podcast. This is the VR Thunderdome, where we discuss all the latest and craziest VR news. This week, I'm going to be giving you the lowdown on some fancy new avatar tech from Epic called MetaHumans. We're going to be sharing our top picks of the Oculus and Steam VR games in the Lunar New Year sale. We've got some fresh rumors about Apple's upcoming VR headset, and we discuss the future of App Lab and SideQuest with our guests, Shane and Orla, the creators of SideQuest. To round up the show, Zim has got some new releases for you to look forward to next week. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlight of the week. Feel free to let us know what you played in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up, this guy has been turned to the dark side after being bitten by a virtual zombie this week and now has a hankering for brains. It's VR streamer. It's ZimTalk5. How you doing? Um, I'm, 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 I'm broken. I'm a broken man. I'm a broken man <laughs> because... Oh no. I play VR games too hard, and that's a lesson for us all. I mm. think. <laughs> I like. I went back. I was like, I was big, huge, huge fan. Top five Saints and Sinners, great game, absolutely fantastic. So I was like, all right, I, I've I've heard that Walking Dead onslaught is terrible. Let me go try it. Not that I don't trust your guys' opinion and everybody else out there who who, who shames games, but lately I've been on this spin of like people shame a game and then I go and I have a blast. So. <laughs> Uh, this is kind of one of those situations for me. Um, now, one of the things that I would say differs probably between what we've heard about Onslaught before and maybe mo the game that I'm playing now mm -hmm. is that they did patch it substantially, like combat and a bunch of balancing and interactions with objects, um, that kind of feeling of weight, for example. A lot of that stuff is in there, which I don't think was in there on, on day one. Um, there's some weird stuff in the game, but... Playing it with their very interesting locomotion mechanic, which they call fluid, um, where you move your arms up and down. We've seen this in other games. You move yep. your arms up and down to, you know, you do it slowly, you'll walk, you move it quickly, you'll run. Um, and it's a bit like Skyrim when it released on PSVR because it's a kind of a two button mechanism. You hold down one button and you waggle your arms and you go forward, hold another button, you go backwards. And the thing is, when you combine that with Onslaught, and to describe Onslaught for anyone, first off, Walking Dead is a zombie thing. You can see I'm a fan. There's a poster behind me for those of you who are watching the podcast live. Um, and I, this is just another... It, it, it's kind of a dumb and fun zombie game. I would say it feels incredibly like Arizona Sunshine because there is a story backbone to it. I'm eight hours into it now. Like, I've done three different separate runs of it. And between the Fluid Loco, which I really liked, the upgrades to the weapons, which are fun on the supply runs, um, and the fact that it's kind of a two-part game, like one part is story with rubbish voice acting, because they've got, yeah. they've got Rick Rimes, and his voice actor is terrible. Daryl tries his best, but his spirit isn't in it, you can tell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there are some parts of this game that, like, if you don't like... B-rated films, like don't play this game. It definitely has a B-rated element to it. And the thing that I think people have talked about the most, more than anything, is like the red curtain or the red mist. That That's comes exactly what I was about run. to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. So like the thing is the red mist, it's so funny because like I, I, I had to put that completely out of my mind and you go on a supply run and you do this to kind of gather materials to build like a community. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just like the ring from, uh, from a Battle Royale one. game. Yeah. Yeah, well, to be honest, that was exactly where I was going to say, because their their ammunition and weapon reloading mechanic is almost, it feels like it was lifted from Pop 1, although it came first. Mm -hmm. And so now that I've played it in that order, that I went Pop 1 first, had my little rant, 
along with Rowdy and others of like, oh, right, this isn't, it's not like, it's not simulation, right? It's mm -hmm. like quite arcadey. It actually feels totally fine. The only thing that I think is my major, I've got two major gripes with the game. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm having lots of fun. I played too hard and I hurt myself and I had to sit out from VR for a couple of days because <laughs> I brought up an old back injury. So that tells you something. I was having fun. Um, is that the hammer in the game, mm -hmm. unlike any other weapon, is still OP. It's, it's definitely overpowered yep. because it doesn't get stuck in zombies. You just, you're whacking them from one side to the other. Mashing zombies about is loads of fun. Uh, but the the pistols, the weapons, etc., aren't as powerful as yeah. the hammer. I and remember just running through levels and just playing whack-a-mole with zombies' heads and not even firing a single shot. Yeah, <laughs> like they they did they did in the patch, and I read about this, and I did look at a bunch of people who had reviewed the game on launch. They've definitely addressed the fact that the weapons were previously underpowered, okay. and you couldn't, for example, single shot. And as you upgrade the weapons. They get more powerful as well, so they reach they reach the level of what you'd see in the TV series or the you know that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean all mm -hmm. in all, it, I would say it, if you're looking for Saints and Sinners type stuff, like really gory, immersive game, this isn't it. This is for me. It was it's like it's very much like Arizona Sunshine. If you just want to play a zombie game, killing a bunch of zombies, yeah. I I really have a lot of fun with the story's kind of like okay, and the survival runs are. Are definitely more biting, definitely more biting <laughs> than even Saints and Sinners. Like the pace of it can be really like heart throbbing, especially if you're using that locomotion method. Yeah. So you feel really into it. So yeah. I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'm not going to give a golden crown to Servios or anything like that. But I think if you can catch the game for like 10 or 15 quid, I don't know what it sells for today, then it'd be worth your go if you're a zombie fan. Yeah, it's good that you're enjoying it. I have to admit that I haven't uh, looked at it again since prior to its release so i haven't experienced any of these patches but you know i think if you're having fun with the game then it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks as long as you're enjoying yeah. it that's all that matters i was so, gonna say uh, that the, the two low spots are physics because the physics are still jank and every once in a while a zombie spins up like an engine and flies off somewhere like things mm -hmm. aren't right in that uh, side and then as i mentioned the hammer the hammer and gun balance just is like isn't quite right but it's a nice game you can take your time with so that's what i'm doing at the moment fair enough nice one yeah. So uh, next up, this guy likes to dig deep into the murky corners of the Steam VR library to uncover some interesting and sometimes questionable VR experiences. <laughs> it's the one and only Rowdy VR. How are you doing, mate? I'm I'm doing great. Yeah, I've been I've had a, a very busy week, so I haven't been able to dive too much into virtual reality this week. But uh, I did manage to get my dose of uh, Population One. Mm -hmm. uh, I also mm -hmm. played some more of uh, Medal of Honor. Actually, restarted the campaign like I said uh, last week, so I'm I'm actually doing that now fully through. Um, but I wanted to talk about Population One uh, as well a little bit uh, because I've had my first try in the war mode so the yeah. 9v9 yeah. Um, and i completely get it now because uh, at first i was a little bit like like zim said as well uh why, why don't they go for a 1v1 you know like uh, or, or a single player uh, not a single player but a single team uh, kind of uh, go through of the of the regular uh, of the regular the solos. Uh, game yeah. the solos yeah. um, and i i still think that that would be a great uh, choice to go into but i do completely get why they went with the war mode because it's just it's it's banter that's yeah. what it is. It's it's just you go in there, and if you get a, a pretty solid group with like, you know, you have a lot of kids playing nowadays. Since like every time I get teamed up, if I'm playing with two or alone, 
it's always like a, like a, a nine-year-old or a twelve-year-old that it's like teamed up with me. I don't know don't know what is up with that, but um, the nine v nine is uh, if you get a good group in there, it's it's so much fun. It's hilarious. Like if you get like some people that vibe off each other and you, you get to you get to do stuff. It's not very like I want to say the game itself is very different because it's that's not a new map. It's not new weapons. It's not a different mode. It's, it's exactly the same thing. It's just two teams. Uh, where you have nine players in each and you, and you, you fight it out up until everyone's dead. Um, which is kind of cool, but it's mostly the banter that yeah. makes that uh, yeah. a lot of fun. And I've, I've, I've played like a couple of rounds with, with Soul Man yesterday and um, I, I really enjoyed that mode actually. Maybe even more so than the, than the, um, than the, the one with the teams. Sure. But uh, it's, it's a different game almost. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's completely different because it's more like fun than actually trying to win the game. Did you guys get to play the, they just dropped a, a new mode, I, I wanna call it a mixer, where you your spawn location is randomized. It's no longer you all jump off of this platform together. Oh no, I haven't, I haven't tried, tried that. that one yet. No. Yeah, 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 so that's just out. And I was like, cause that fixes a part of the game that I always thought was like, eh, it's kind of annoying all is jumping off next to each other. Like a random spawn would be more Battle Royale style. So and you see them slowly crawling, but I agree with you, Rowdy. It's great when games socially experiment. Yeah, imagine imagine yeah. getting teamed up with eight kids. Well, oh, that would be horrible. We, we had some really good experiences like that where, you, like you say, you know, everyone was talking, everyone was friendly. We were all working together yeah. as a team. And I think if everyone's sticking together, then that's great, you know, and everyone's working yeah. together. I think that's great. Um, I, I didn't have a single run that where we operated as a team. It was chaos all through, <laughs> yeah. but it was just like the banter of like, the, 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 I had a few bad ones where there were too many kids that got teamed up and they just like, they die like two minutes into the round and mm -hmm. then they ask for revive yeah. up until the point it gets just frustrating where you're trying to shoot enemies and they're just standing in front of you. No, no, you need to revive me. And I'm like, get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but, um, Population 1 continues to evolve and I'm really looking forward to see what they do in Season yeah. 1, which, you know, they're going to be adding knives, LMG, yeah. potentially yeah, new maps. Indeed. It's going to be good Melee fun. weapons. Um, and I do hope that we're going to see, potentially, maybe maybe that will be the second season that we're going to see new maps coming as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Welcome addition. When, yeah. When's Season 1 landing? I can't remember. Uh, later on this month. Yeah. 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 Nice yeah. one, Rowdy. Uh, so next up, mm -hmm. this guy is a collector of rare gaming artifacts. And some might go as far to say as he's a little nightmare. <laughs> it's our Frisian friend. <laughs> it's of course Nathy. <laughs> How you doing? This needs to be explained. Yeah, this, this, please, well, please provide your explanation. So Nathy and I are both playing Little Nightmares 2 at the moment. We, we both really enjoyed the first one. So that's why I dropped in the Little yeah, Nightmare yeah. reference. But how are you doing anyway? Well, you're right. right. I mean, you can always roast me, Mike. Sure. I mean, <laughs> when you roast me, it's an honor. It's the only reason um, why I turn up, to be honest. It's like a highlight of the week. Yeah. It's not normally yeah. a VR game. It's normally coming on here I, to just roast you. I do have to. I do have to say, like the many roasts roasts I've done, you know, in the past on this podcast, are definitely one of my highlights. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm not here to talk about little nightmares because. Pancake game and pancake games are not cool in this podcast, so oh, let's just although, skip that. Although PD, our moderator, has been yeah, playing okay, okay, Little Nightmares yeah. 2 in Vorpex and says yeah, it's very cool. Explain that, PD. Explain that. But yeah, I, so, I, so, I, so I can also just say, oh, I played everything in Vorpex no. while I didn't, and then we can talk about the game. No, but go on then. What's no, your highlight in VR okay. this week? Um, so uh, I just got a new quest. I had a 64 gigabyte. Now I upgraded to the 265 gigabyte one. 256. Um, sorry, yeah. I, I just wait. Did I just turn the numbers around? Yeah, I think I you did. got the limited edition version. 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, those those extra little gigabytes, yeah. man. That's what I'm going for. Sure. Yeah, you're right. Um, that one. Um, so uh, I upgraded because uh, it's it's easier for me, you know, for the channel to keep the recordings going, to have some games on there. And since the games are getting bigger now, mm. uh, it's it's just easier to kind of, you know. Otherwise, I constantly have to wipe my, you know, uh, memory clean. Yeah. Um, but anyway, something I noticed. And this is so weird. Is that I uh, installed everything, went well. Um, I heard people say sometimes that, you know, the lenses have more glare and they're like certain things that you might be bumping into. Oh. Didn't have that. It's just like the first time I unboxed it. It's all good. Um, instantly got rid of the strap, this horrible <laughs> strap. Yeah. Never want to see it again. No. Uh, ended up with the other strap at the attic in a very dark, dusty corner. Um, and uh, yeah, so I put like an elite strap on it, stuff like that, uh, standard practice. But when I uh, went into the menu and I went to the to the France system, it worked again. It worked again. Well, it worked, but then I saw some invites coming in. I was like, let me just accept one, see what happens. And then it broke again. So oh. I should have never. So I don't know what's going on with this, but on my one headset, it's completely ruined. But then when you buy a new one, it suddenly works again. It, I don't know how, how you can explain this, but my friend system, everything was in there. I could see all these messages, like tons of messages coming in that never got to me in the first place. So strange. So, so I had the same problem and it's just, you know, uh, it's where you've got too many friends on your list and it just, it messes up the system <laughs> yeah. and it just completely bugs yeah, well, out. Yeah, but yeah. So, so what I did was when I was waiting for games in like population one or walk about mini golf, I just go through my list and yeah, start deleting people and I'm down to like 80 people now and it's absolutely fine. So I think yeah, but in just... my case, it's going to take ages. But the thing is, like on my first headset, it didn't work. But then when you have a new one, yeah. um, it, it, it seems to work. It wor worked just fine. You know, I could chat with people, That's things good. like that. So it's it's not like it's not... It shouldn't work, mm -hmm. you know? Um, look, look at these guys measuring their friends lists. Like, unbelievable. I got, like, <laughs> seven. <laughs> yeah, I got, like, seven as well. <laughs> this is, like, so first world problem. The thing is, <laughs> right, friends. someone was, my, my father was saying to me, he's like, hey, just pay someone, he's like, you work hard enough, pay someone to shovel the snow for you, right? And, and that's what I'll say to Nathan. Nathan, you work hard enough, pay someone to delete your friends, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should do that. I did I did mention that to someone, so like, hey, can you not just log in and do it for me and you get like 10 bucks nice. and, uh, you know, buy some nice games of it. But, um, and something else that I also noticed is that, um, like talking about population one, uh, I always had this issue where you guys were already in the lobby again after a match. For me, it took a while. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you need to reinstall the game and things like, I, I did that, but it, nothing really happened. Huh. Um, but now with the new one, it's faster. Mm, and then I'm like, what's going on? You know, like, it's almost like this, this one is better. Well, uh, that's I why I always, I always thought you were times, like waiting but... for the entire round to finish because yeah. I was like, what is, what is Nathy yeah. doing no, every time ages. like after the round? Actually, there is, so from a tech perspective, this is a weird <laughs> thing. There's a difference between like a, a physical hard drive, physical platter and flash memory. The, the, the bigger capacity flash, flash memory is actually faster to seek. It's a weird dynamic yeah. with, flash, with flash memory. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that's playing into it. But I can tell you that having been through the 64 and 256 myself, uh, I didn't notice a speed difference. But I can tell you I definitely noticed every time we played with uh, Nathy that he would take an extra 40 to yeah. 60 seconds to That's join true. the rest of us in the lobby, which was weird. I think it's so, I think it's the social interaction. I think it's just gumming up 
the game. I think yeah. I think you're going to have to get uh, someone to go through your friends list and yeah. start murdering people. But I, I mean, besides that, nothing really changed. Like sometimes you see these small changes happen, you know, where they change the wrapping or they they do things uh, different with uh, the stickers on them. But it all seemed to be the same, you know, nothing really changed. Uh, funny enough, uh, the the stickers, the lens protectors, there's still like German text on it. The remnants of them trying to sell to Germany once. Uh, also, the back it's all in German. Well, there is n- not one German who actually bought it through there. <laughs> like it's so weird. They should kind of get rid of the text now. But maybe they still have hopes that once the Germans will be able to get their hands on it. But yeah, well, that still you hasn't do have Germans outside of Germany, so mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, of course, enough. but yeah, yeah it's True. strange. Well, nice. <laughs> Congrats on your new quest. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so we should also introduce our two uh, special guests this week joining us. They uh, opened up the Oculus Quest to new and exciting VR experiences, which can't be found on the official Oculus Store. It's the founders of SciQuest, Shane and Orla. Welcome back to the show. Hey. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, guys. Um, yeah, it's awesome to be here. It's an exciting time. It's it's another milestone, I think. You know, um, it's just really interesting to see where things are going to go in the future. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, I guess most people are probably familiar with SideQuest. I don't need to give you the, the spiel of, of kind of where we came from. But um, instead of that, let me just tell you that um, to celebrate us coming on the show today, we've just literally started another Quest giveaway on the website. So uh, you can check out our, our Discord, our our, um, our SideQuest giveaways community on SideQuest. We're giving away a Quest and five hoodies. Just put that out about five minutes ago, uh, as well as a... Uh, a big post to go with it on Reddit, so so keep an eye out for that. But um, yeah, we're we're happy and healthy on this end. Uh, busy as anything, basically working around the clock to keep SideQuest run as smooth as we possibly can. And uh, yeah, we're we're really excited about this this next phase, and and um, we really hope that Facebook is going to deliver on some of the promises that we've that we've seen from them lately, and uh, that those are going to mean good things for for the developer community. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to be diving more into SideQuest and App Lab later on in the show. Uh, but just to reiterate, so you're giving away five SideQuest hoodies. Like, that is hot merch right there. Like, I would I would, I would, I would kill for a SideQuest hoodie. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's, oh, and you've oh, also nice. given away an Oculus Quest 2 as well. So go and check out, what is it, the SideQuest Discord and the Reddit post? Is that right? Uh, if you want to get straight in, uh, the SideQuest uh, communities is where you've got to head. Um, we'll be picking some random winners over the next couple of days uh, of people who are just generally involved and active in any kind of SideQuest community. So uh, that's all you've got to do to get involved. You'll find all the details in our giveaway community, which you can get at from the homepage. Nice, nice. And feel free uh, to chip in uh, with uh, some of the new stuff we're going to be talking about. Love to get your uh, you know, your ideas on what's going on in the VR industry. And also, if you've got any questions for Shane and Orla uh, about SideQuest and App Lab in the chat, we're going to be asking you to submit some questions later on as well. So have a little think about what you want to ask. Um, so uh, what have they, uh, the chat been playing this week before I jump into sort of my highlight this week? Yeah, so we have uh, Dave the Psycho who played Vanishing Grace uh, mm-hmm. and also finished Mare with all the collectibles. Nice, that is hard. Wow. So congrats oh, to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we all know that Dave is a real, uh, you know, tryhard. So, uh, I thought you were going to say a psycho, but okay. also he's also a psycho. Um, and then we have Mr. Panda, zero six. I have to add that it's very important. You know, mm-hmm. gamer tax right there. Um, and he played some uh, hard Beat Saber and Ancient Dungeon Beta. That's nice. so good. Mm. App Lab, Ancient Dungeon, have to, have to play that. Yeah. 
And uh, we have What Up It's the Sky, who played a lot of Doom 3 in VR. Doom 3 is still going strong as mm-hmm. one of the most popular VR games right now. Mm-hmm. Um, unofficial uh, ones. A mod uh, by not Dr. Doom, but <laughs> Dr. B. Dr. <laughs> Beef. <laughs> Dr. For some reason, uh, you know, <laughs> as long as it's not Dr. Disrespect, you know, I'm good. Um, I heard he's have, a vegetarian, uh, actually. Ooh, Ooh, uh, Dr. Beef? Dr. Beef is, is a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, <okay>. How ironic. <laughs> <laughs> does, does he, far more important, does he like Tesla? Does he like Tesla? Yeah, because uh, otherwise... Uh, well, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> What's Other, going otherwise... on with Mike? Oh, there <laughs> we go, I'm back. Have... <laughs> oh, hey, Mike. What happened there? Hey. Wow. Yeah, you were just uh, flabbergasted by... Uh, I was, you know, I was the shocked. Dr. Beef effect. It, uh, it was the fact that know? it was a vegan. It just knocked my internet yeah, yeah, offline. Yeah, you were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could not compute that for a no, moment. No, definitely no, not. Understand. Well, let's hope that doesn't uh, happen again. <laughs> yeah, and then we have... Uh, <laughs> and then we have Fabster, Fabster, who played Population one, uh, 1 War Mode, just like a Rowdy. Was he on your team, Rowdy? It sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so like uh, someone in the chat mentioned, um, I've been checking out Vanishing uh, Grace this week. Uh, and it was a game that I was really looking forward to. Uh, it came out this week on Quest, if you're not familiar with it. I'll try and keep any spoilers to a minimum if you want to go and check out the game yourself. But um, essentially, Vanishing Grace is like a short uh, narrative adventure game. You um, you play a character called Joel, who uh, is searching for an old like childhood friend called Grace, who's disappeared from... Your, your kind of city, which is known as the Citadel. And she's kind of like headed off into like the vast like wasteland, uh, desert almost. So uh, you, you control this like caravan uh, type hovercraft looking thing. Uh, and you, you head off on an adventure to go and find her. Um, there's some things that I really liked about this game. There's some things that I really didn't like about this game. Um, so let's maybe cover the stuff that I really liked first. Like, uh, firstly, I really liked the art style. I thought it was nice and clean. Uh, I particularly like the concept of this kind of like, you know, retro steampunk future looking hovercraft thing that you kind of spend a a bit of your time in. That was kind of nice. Um, Mm. It's also because it's like a narrative adventure. They've got some great voice acting. The voice acting superb. Uh, Kind of very reminiscent of like um, Firewatch. If you've ever played Firewatch, Mm. you'll kind of get similar vibes uh, playing this game. And when when I got that kind of vibe, I I had, you know, really high hopes that it was going to pan out in a similar way and sort of like tell a really interesting story that you wouldn't really forget um it's got like uh, some puzzle elements uh some are quite simple as a like go and fetch this place it here and the scene will end some are like a bit more involved the more involved puzzles are definitely way more fun i enjoyed those way more than just the, the sort of pick up and find and drop sort of puzzle mechanic um i did encounter some problems early on uh, with the puzzle design in that it wasn't really necessarily explained very well so they don't really do a good job of saying, like, this is how it works in the mm. early stages. Once mm. you pick it up and you understand it, it's pretty straightforward, but they don't really explain that very well, in my opinion. Uh, I thought I'd got stuck at one point, and I thought it was a bug, actually, but turned out it was just the game design. Um, but my biggest gripe with this game overall was was actually the story. Um, and I won't spoil anything, because obviously, you know, talking about the story, I don't want to ruin the experience for anyone else. Uh, but when I finished the game, which was about two hours long... I kind of had this like really unsatisfying feeling as to like, why did I even bother playing this in the first place at the end? And I was just like, 
huh, I, I, I didn't expect it to end that way. I thought it was going to be oh, some... Wait, so you're saying lazy ending? I, I, I think so. Like with Firewatch, yeah. there's like, you know, dramatic plot twists and you're like, oh, like this was like a major thing. Like, you, you know, you yeah. remember the story. Whereas this, I was kind of like, I would like forget this in an instant. It almost felt completely pointless. Um, yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, although I liked some elements of the game, uh, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Uh, I think yeah. it's pretty short. And yeah, overall, just didn't leave any sort of lasting impression oh, with me. You, you, you know what? To me, it felt kind of like I, I totally agree with you with the, with the art style is amazing. And mm. also the fact that you're in this moving ship. Yeah. Like I had this moment of immersion where I was like, this is my little home. Little home. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, hey, I got a bathroom. And I had like these. Did you all see the mat? The, yeah. The mat. Yeah. Beautiful. I would totally buy it. <laughs> Um, but uh, no, it's like some really unique style. You know, they really put some work into it. Yeah, they did. Um, but but uh, I didn't finish it, but I, I also ran into some what I thought were bugs too, but they weren't, no. uh, according to you. So that that's interesting. Um, but it felt a bit too ambitious for this studio. I mean, I looked them up. Uh, it's 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 a small indie studio. Mm. It's not like they, you know, and that's why you're also described like you have puzzles that are kind of easy, so cheap to make, mm. and then you have more puzzles that are, you know, more interest, but those are more expensive to make. So you have to work within that budget. I feel like they just had to kind of wrap it up somewhere. Mm. Um, and if they had more, you know, uh, people behind that, more investors, for example, then this could have been amazing. So the potential was was definitely there. It's just that, I mean, it's hard to make, I mean, as an indie studio to make a, a story-based game and especially if it kind of gives you those over uh, or Firewatch vibes, yeah. then, you know. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, the story would have been its strongest point, but ended up being one of its weakest. And I think that's that's the shame, really. Um, yeah, like yeah. you say, it, it's just one of those things that just didn't jive with me. Some people might enjoy it, you know, go and check yeah. it out. If you like, you know, sort of puzzle-like experiences, narrative games, you might enjoy it. Like I say, it's relatively short, around two hours content, but um, that's what I played this week. Okay. Yeah, I've seen interesting mixed opinions on that, mm. um, actually, in terms of what people, because some people are saying it's quite an emotional ride and, and others obviously are, uh, although there is a very persistent theme here of maybe a little bit pricey out the door. It's 14 yeah. pounds and about 20 bucks. So Yeah, so mm. some, so some strange, your character has some strange moral choices. Which won't gel with everyone, I, I think is, yeah, it, 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 it's an interesting one anyway. But like I said, I don't want to spoil anything if you want to go and check it out yourself. But um, Sounds intriguing. Before we get into the news, uh, I should mention that we've got a new sponsor this week. This is pretty exciting. Wait, what? We've got a new sponsor. Again? Yeah. <laughs> Our, whoa. I know. Uh, and this week, uh, Val are sponsoring us, uh, the Virtual Val. Athletics League. Um, and they're actually running the VR Winter Games starting next week from the 19th of February, which is the follow-up to last year's VR Fitness Summit. So uh, the VR Winter Games is a series of online tournaments in which you can enter and compete for your opportunity to win thousands in cash prizes in over 20 VR games, including Propagation VR's new co-op mode, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, Pistol Whip, and one of our personal favorites on the show, Walkabout Mini Golf. You can actually get paid for ranking oh, wow. in walkabout mini golf so you guys oh, should yeah. be jumping on this yeah yeah, um, yeah we should do that if you're interested in checking out the tournaments uh how to enter the games and the cash prizes for you know ranking highly in these games then check out the website which is onearena.gg which has all the details and the link to that is in the description down below 
Can you do that first part again, but then with your announcer voice, like this Hunger Games voice where things start <laughs> to open in the arena? Welcome yeah. to the virtual athletics winter games. <laughs> <laughs> like that? this, this sounds like I'm going to the Olympic Games in London. Yeah. But that's cool. That's cool. Sounds great. Very cool. It's an interesting concept. Yeah. Uh, really interested to see how this pans out and hopefully the community get on board and have a lot of fun with this and win some prizes. That'd be cool. I, I Can don't the champions Nathan and walk about mini golf? That's the question. Yeah, we should do that. We should try. <laughs> yeah. It's not that difficult. Not that difficult. He's not that skilled. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> so let's get no, like, seriously, this Go kind on. of thing, right? Like organized VR exercise is the way I look at this yeah. because it's like, it's just like, when I wouldn't get my lazy rear to go off and I don't know, hit balls against a wall or something. If you have a buddy or somebody else or a reason to go and do it, like that's what's going to drag you out of bed. That's what's going to get you, you know, up yeah. your uh, off your rear end uh, and actually doing something. I mean, VR games are fun and that's great. That's like the cherry that leads you there. But um, people in the social dynamic or competitive things like this really help you to get into them. And uh, it's, a, it's a nice way to also get into a game like properly. I always find that like if like Walkabout, for example, like if you just touch a game for an hour or two or whatever, you get the, the kind of surface level detail. But when you get into a game, like to the level of detail where you're trying to hone your, your craft at it, uh, you, you recognize the kind of elements that the dev put in mm. so much time into that most people miss. And so that's why it's really nice to kind of participate in these things. Yeah, it's cool of them bringing all these devs together and hosting these tournaments. I think it's a really neat concept. So yeah, yeah that starts next week on the 19th of February. Um, so let's get into the news. And the first thing I want to talk about this week is something really cool, and that is a new avatar system that's been created by Epic for the Unreal Engine, and it's an avatar system called MetaHuman. So this was announced by Epic this week, uh, and it might be kind of difficult to follow if you're just listening to the audio version, uh, but we're showing a video now on the live stream, and I'd highly recommend you go check it out because it's pretty impressive tech. Uh, these new avatars, they look pretty realistic, and I feel like we're getting closer to the point of reaching past the like that kind of uncanny valley feeling where it's getting harder and harder to tell the difference between what's real and what's digital. We're not there yet, but this certainly looks convincing enough and we're getting closer and closer by the day. Um, so we've seen uh, the Unreal Engine being used more in like TV and video productions, like movie productions just recently. And if you're familiar and, you know, big fans of like The Mandalorian, which, you know, I know a few, a few of us are, uh, they actually used the Unreal Engine uh, for their huge uh, digital backgrounds uh, combined with practical effects. And this kind of like technique is starting to replace traditional green screen in filmmaking. Uh, and it's really, really cool. So, you know, Unreal Engine is being used in a lot of like big, big productions now. Um, and this is obviously part of the Unreal Engine. Uh, and also, aren't they also using this kind of stuff to bring people back to life that usually were just dead in the first place? I, I think that's... Oh, that is mean, definitely being done because there is a company in a, in Asia that is working on specifically that. Yeah, like in that. Star Wars, you have Captain, mm -hmm. uh, I forgot his name, from the Death Star. And, uh, right, you know, right. people that... But, but more in the way that, like, you know, they're storing basically certain types of information in order to preserve uh, a human in mm. a certain way. We, we talked about that on the done. show before, right? When we had the yeah. lady with the, um, the kid yeah. and that was really that, emotional. That same, yeah. that same company has done something recently again uh, in, uh, where, they, where they indeed brought back someone uh, who, who passed away before by integrating a lot of the personal information. I, I do have a lot of ethical concerns about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, it, 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 we like talked about those. Uh, 
Yeah, we talked about those ethical episodes. concerns on that episode, so I don't want to sort of d divert yeah. too much no, off track. Of course, of course. Um, but yeah, it's definitely interesting, nevertheless. But yeah, with um, with this kind of technique as well, like what they're showing with the meta-human thing, we've, we've kind of seen a similar technique used in the upcoming VR game called uh, Babylon Battle Royale. Still in the works. I don't know if you remember that. Upcoming, upcoming for the last five it's years. It's been in development for a long time. Uh, uh, the developers are Kite and Lightning, if you want to go check that out. But they used a similar from, technique. From the famous Sensa Peso experience. Yeah. Uh, Sensa Peso. Oh, my God. That's old. Yeah. But they used... Um, I really, when when I see this trailer, I really get uh, Detroit's uh, Become Human vibes as well. Remember that mm. game? No. Is that a VR game? No. Yeah. No, no it's, it's not. A, it's not a VR game. It's PlayStation just a, a game. Oh, okay. regular game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not familiar with that one. Um, you do look like though. a like an Android a little. Well, bit, you know? some people say that I yeah. am. Maybe I am. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Kite and Lightning they used a similar technique to uh, this meta-human technique by using a mocap suit, and they used an iPhone to track the uh, facial expressions of the actor, which was then applied to like a baby little avatar. Um, but the meta-human uh, creator tool from Epic it allows developers to create these kind of rigged avatars. Uh, on a cloud-based app, so you don't even have to do all the processing on your own machine. You can do all this in the cloud, and then you can download it, and then it's ready to animate in the Unreal Engine on your sort of local PC, which is pretty cool. Um, there's no hint that this is coming to VR anytime soon. I should put that out as a caveat, but it just kind of got me thinking of, like, although this is designed for professionals right now, it's kind of one of those things that eventually it will trickle down to, uh, you know, consumers. A bit like yeah. what we've seen with um, Fia when we had her on the show. You might remember her. Yeah. She was like a, a VTuber and she was on the show as her avatar. She used like a Valve Index and some Vive trackers yeah. along with manually controlling her avatar's facial expressions with uh, button it's, pushes. It's rare to see this kind of stuff in VR games. Um, like there are a few, of course, you have Half-Life Alex where people look real in a way and they just, the way they talk mm. and stuff like that. Uh, and then you have... I thought, like, in, in Batman Arkham VR, oh, those classic. characters yeah. are also looking great still, uh, till this day. And then you have uh, Westworld Awakening, mm -hmm. also from Servios, where also the people look, like, amazing when they talk uh, to you. So there are some examples where... Yeah, yeah. L.A. Yeah, LA Noir is another good example. Um, it's a little bit... It, it breaks a little bit in the fact that you see the phasing between the different facial animations but if you've never experienced that like i'd never experienced that in in the flat game i'd only played it mm. when it when la noir came over to vr um in the what were they called something chapter the stories case files, or, case case files. files. Yeah. Case um, yeah. which is a, a kind of limited time gameplay but yeah that that interaction like when it, when a cop is grilling you at his desk or whatever uh it, it does do something it takes that little bit in your brain with that says oh wait is this real you know when you like lose it just for a minute like like Nathie did in his... With, with, uh, with, with, with like, L.A. Noir, they kind of slept, uh, like, a video of someone's face uh, onto an actual... Well, with Westworld Awakening, it's really, like, mocap and things like that, mm -hmm. where, you know, little dots on your face, and then they do it that Even way. Blood and Truth but, did uh, a really good job oh, yeah. of that on PSVR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it, like, I'm just saying, it's still rare to see it in VR. Mm. There are a few games, yeah. and usually the big studios have the budgets to do that. For example, with Medal of Honor... Uh, VR, they didn't use that. You no. can see that. They just kind of have a character and they have to, like, I'm not a developer, it's but they animate just move the mouth and they, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. They it's just it's so, it's so difficult to animate a face because there's so many, yeah. so many different yeah. kind of muscles that yeah, are, of course. Uh, but now with like the, r the rise of artificial intelligence and machine learning, you can see that they, yeah. they're developing like predictive algorithms that can like determine more accurately, like what kind of like facial movements should be implemented, and combining that with that mocap technology really gives like some awesome results.
results. Like yeah, this. honestly, it's kind of scary where we're going with this deepfake stuff and this level of of graphical fidelity because it's you could just you could just replace you can kind of replace actors to some extent. It's like oh, just digitize this person because think about it if you're in that industry you would just be like okay we'll sign away your rights right we're going to scan you and then we can use you in whatever disney feature film we want in the future you know yeah yeah, yeah. and this is and, and you can like these these avatars you can combine with the the mouth tracking and the eye tracking and everything and then it becomes well, like, that, super that's exactly what got me real got me thinking because you know if you combine this kind of meta human avatar with the tech that facebook reality labs have developed you know which we were talking about on previous episodes with the facial tracking tech and then also, like, maybe with a headset like the Decker Gear that also has, like, facial tracking, um, mm. you know, you've got a pretty uh, compelling experience there. And it would be a total game changer for presence in virtual reality and social applications. Like, I mean, in yeah. social applications right now, you know, you can dress up as, like, a, you know, a Knuckles or, you know, like a, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. a, a well, chili like Nathie likes to do. And it's pretty it's pretty good as it is. But if you had this level of, of detail and, and, and realism in terms of, like, the avatar that you embody, yeah. it would make the social experiences feel that much more human, I think. This directly reminds me, especially when you're seeing them kind of build the scene and, and mess around with the configuration of the face, reminds me directly of Taffy, which you introduced me to, yeah. Mike, yeah. Um, which is an avatar system where you, you can configure a look and you can configure the wardrobe of your character and then export it to someone like VRChat. Mm -hmm. And it's it's quite convincing. But if you, if you add it to this level of detail, just think about that point. Like you could get yourself scanned, Right. In whatever way, get yourself in there or even have yourself look like something else if you preferred that. And then you could even dress yourself. I really do think, you know, and those pop one skins in a couple of years are going to be damn good because you can be able to wear them all around, show off your fine threads. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's going to. Yeah, it's like, like it's, the real world with clothing brands where then the. Well, we're already, we're already to that point where uh, people want care more about their digital goods than they do yeah, their yeah. physical goods. They mean more. Yeah. It's like I, I would spend more on a, you know, a virtual avatar of myself probably than, than the, the pants I'm going to wear, yeah. you know, and only but, wear around the house. But as you said, with that right now comes great responsibility in terms of computer because you said like you know with shadow pcs you can kind of pull it off but like right now if you would cram that into a quest it would explode well they are saying <laughs> that that they're optimizing this for use on like obviously high-end and next-gen hardware but but also for yeah. mobile as well so there is some hope oh. that this tech could be potentially and, and also, used there's a it's tiering the, mm. they, no, mentioned, also, they mentioned there's eight levels of tiering that they they've, they've tested yeah. so so they tessellate down so they go mm. from being beautiful looking to or low 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 graphics mic to uh, high graphics mic but but sure. also it's the, the the development of the algorithm that in, indeed requires a lot of computing resources but once the algorithm the predictive algorithm is made yeah, okay. then you can run that on pretty much anything well th you know, that's why that's... they're saying that a lot of the the development of this you know when you we sign up as a developer it, it's done in the cloud so you don't have to worry about your local pc computing uh, power and then you can download the avatar once it's created and then animate it in unreal yourself and the cool thing is that if you're a developer right now you can actually play around with this tech at, like right now there's there's two free sample avatars available to play around with on uh unrealengine.com so um you can download them mm -hmm. and animate them, add mocap, facial expressions, whatever you want to do with them. So that's uh, pretty cool. It blows my mind a Very little nice. bit, just thinking two years in the future going, ah, you know what? The F Reality podcast two years from now, we're not going to be sitting here. We'll be talking all right, but uh, it's all just going to be CGI. Well, I think that, that, that's the thing. We've always talked about this, and, and you know, you may not know this um, watching the show, but behind the scenes, we've talked about like doing like a virtual podcast, right? You know, um, back in the beginning. Yeah. But we just don't feel like the tools are ready yet. Um, oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of like a podcast, especially if you watch it in the video, is like seeing our facial expressions. You know how we react. 
Whereas, you know, if you're watching it and How they kind of roll our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you miss that if you're just a plain face avatar. Whereas, you know, yeah. something like this tech would revolutionize that and would, would be more attractive to us to move oh, into in the future. This, this is what yeah. we have been waiting for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this podcast. So that is uh, MetaHuman from Epic. Go and check it out if you're a developer. We'd love so to see. Epic, uh, get, get in contact with us, make our avatars and we'll <laughs> yeah. move the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the next bit of news is that both Oculus and Steam are running a sale on VR games to celebrate the Lunar New Year. And I've picked some of the best titles on sale for Oculus Quest and PC VR headsets. Uh, on Oculus Quest, you have daily deals of single and bundled games. So it's worth... Oh, no, 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 no. Don't start the bundle thing. I'm not going to go into oh, the bundles. No. But don't, do, don't, don't do that. They, What's they, the name of the, the bundle? Daily, the daily singles and bundled games rotate on a daily basis. So you're just going to have to go out and check out the website yourself for the latest uh -huh. deals. But uh -huh. there yeah. are some individual games on sale, such as 25% off of Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted which is a fun VR game if you like jump scares. You got Pandering to the kids. 20% off In Death Unchained, which is kind of like a roguelite uh, archery game. My dad loves that game. Um, you've got... I just want to say, like, all the old people love it. Yeah, all the reason. old people love it. Uh, you've got... Uh, you advertising to your mic. You've got 20% off Pixel Rips, 1995, which is, like, you know, great uh, trip down memory lane, loads of nostalgia. Uh, and you've got 25% off Cubism, which is a beautiful little minimalistic puzzle game uh, that yeah, I really like. Yeah, yeah. So nice. Um, it, it, that's, yeah, I just got to give a warning with, with Cubism, though. Sure. Like, it looks so peaceful and so easy, and it has teeth. Later, it gets nasty. So be careful. If you're going to Cubism, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is a nice little Tetris-like game. And then you're like, oh, why have I spent an hour and a half on one puzzle? You know, so be careful with that one. So it's like uh, rage, rage quit inducing later on. Um, sadly, there's no uh, deals on the Rift platform, although it is worth noting that Medal of Honor... <laughs> what a surprise! <laughs> Medal of Honor yeah. does have a 20% discount, though, on yeah, both well, Oculus well. and Steam. So if you've been waiting yeah. for the price to drop on that title, yeah. then now's the time to do it. Obviously, you know, yeah. some of us have some mixed opinions on it, but overall, you know, if you've got nothing else to play, it's probably one of the better experiences available. They, they, could, have, they could have definitely done a bundle where they called it, like, All-Star Bundle, and they put Wilson's Heart in it, and Stormland, and Lone Echo, and uh, Arctica 1, and uh, we could, uh, Super Hot, we could go on forever and just sell it as a, you know, nice package, but uh, it seems like they don't care. <laughs> no, do, you they guys, don't care. do you guys do that, though? Do you buy bulk games? No, like, do you never. buy, like, packs with never. five plus with, games um, in them? I, I never called Humble those. Bundle. I used yeah, to but do that, that but... That's, that's different. Really that's, like, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Okay. Hey, two things. Cheap. There's two things. It's like super. Oh, it's not because it, of the fact that it's also going to a good cause. Yeah, I was no, going to say it's, it's charity. Plus, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's ridiculously discounted. Like you're, yeah, you're okay. paying a tenth of what you should be paying. And yeah. the likelihood is the reason that feels fair is that you're doing it for a good thing. And yeah. like nine out of ten of those games, you'll probably never end up playing. You know what I mean? Like mm. so, you're probably getting your money's worth. Whereas if you buy one of these Oculus bundles, which are not heavily discounted. I feel like you're going to pay, you yeah. know, for five or eight or whatever games and you're going to play yeah. three of them and then you're going to move on because something hotter yeah, is going to Yeah, I don't come. see so the value in them, to be honest. I don't see the value. Um, yeah, We have a really funny oh. comment from What UK in the chat. Oh. He says, 20% off Medal of Honor. Victory. He's <laughs> 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 obviously referring uh. to the end screens that they have. Uh, I'll talk a little bit of Medal of Honor later during the releases. But the one thing I have to say, having completed another great monthly race, uh, I have to say, Seto Corsa for three pounds still is the best racing sim racing game that you can what? get. Yeah, five five bucks, uh, three oh. pounds. 
That's you get insane. the basis set of Corsa. You get some mods thrown in there. It is a gorgeous game. It can go toe to toe with a lot of games even now. Nice, it's amazing what you can do with that. Good so, recommendation. It's like Skyrim. Then. It's like you add mods, and if for really cheap, you get a fantastic game. So even if you want to dabble on a key keyboard and mouse or on a gamepad, get some sim racing yeah. into your blood. But trust me. Okay, but but this is fun and all, but now I can feel the wallet uh, getting sucked to my computer right now well because gabe newell has some blessed deals for us yes also yeah the steam yeah. highlights include 33 percent off the room vr a dark matter great puzzle oh, game one of the best that very, you can uh, very nice, you very can nice. go and experience in vr 30 percent off nice. pavlov which just got a world war ii update recently wow. uh, and tanks that you can control so that's really cool uh, it's their top seller at the moment, I think. Pavlov is killing yeah. it, so... Yeah, no surprise. 20% um, off The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, another great game, and also 20% off Boneworks. So you've got oh, some really I'm solid sure. titles there on Steam VR if you haven't played them already. And Boneworks also just got a new update, so... Yeah, yeah the Hover Junkers uh, one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that, that, and, both of those games are really good to play on your own. You don't need anybody <laughs> else. You can just play on right through, and it's fun. Like those are great games. Those are those are great games. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, any favorites of there for for you, Shane? That you you know you'd like? Oh, I haven't bought that one yet. Maybe I'd check that one out. Any 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 favorites? Um, see, I I always have this problem now with Steam is that I've bought most of the games already. So every time yeah. the sales come up, I'm kind of like, oh, damn, I wish I had waited. But <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't had a chance to play the new Boneworks update. I have to say, I'm a fan of Boneworks. Me and a couple of friends of mine, we tend to sort of um you know, compare every virtual reality game out there to Boneworks in some senses. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm interested to try that. I just need to try and find the time. I've kind of got about five or six different things on the long finger that I really yeah. get in there man. and play with. Yeah, I, I recently got a, a, a decent graphics card. I, I, I was lucky to get myself a, a 3090. And I'm also... Nice. It's, it's obviously... I'm not even sure if it's in the sale right now, but um, I'm really eager to try No Man's Sky in it and see. I know it's obviously... Oh. Uh, it's not as optimized, um, and I've had it there for a while. Um, but I want to see. I, I want to see how it fares on the thirty ninety. Um, yeah, because that's yeah. that's one of my most yeah. I definitely have a place and special place in my heart for that game. I think so. Now you got to yeah. check out um, Microsoft Flight Simulator, the PC Melter. You know, yeah, and put that I've to the test with the thirty ninety. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got that. I've got that, and I've already nice. melted. In fact, nice. So already <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's incredible. I think it has a little bit of work to go. Uh, you know, it, it yeah. it's probably one of the games out of there. I think that does the whole transition from from VR to two D quite well. Um, yeah. In that, doesn't matter which direction you're coming from. It kind of feels like it supports it, and that's important. Yeah. Um, but I still think it has it has a long way to go. But the promise there is is pretty amazing. I'm, I'm a fan of um, of the um, once again when when I get the time. Um, the flight sims kind of yeah they seem pretty attractive so so i'll be excited to see how flight sim evolves just dovetailing from that point actually shane um on psvr uh in the uk at the moment i know there's a sale on ace combat 7 it's even further reduced than the last time we mentioned it it's now only seven pounds so about ten dollars wow. and it's got a couple of cool missions it's actually quite a nice it's quite a nice bit of fun and for that money if you're on psvr and you're looking for something yeah. to put your teeth into do it Nice. Yeah, and and one one tip for the people who are going to play No Man's Sky after after this is, and this is not pandemic related, but don't 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 try to uh, high five each other. No, okay? that ends badly. Because, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Zim killed me trying to high five hit. me. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And after tra traversing like, you know, an alien world for like almost 45 minutes, I finally find him. He gives oh, me a high and, five and, and kills and me instantly. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and another warning, don't watch Mike his stream on that no, it's painful. to find out how the game works because you're not going to find out. No. I, I should have played that <laughs> game before I, I streamed it. Yeah, him. definitely. It, 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 I, I made people rage quit my stream. Um, but anyway, we digress. Yeah. Let's get back into the news. There, there, there was a rose, by the way, Mike. Oh, oh nice. Uh, by the way um orla has attended to the dogs the dogs were as they always do uh, about to erupt and uh devastate our, uh, the podcast <laughs> on you guys so i, I remember that i had so much happy. fun doing <laughs> i had so much fun doing the audio version last time with those dogs <laughs> yeah i can imagine <laughs> sorry about that no, no worries <laughs> no worries no worries no problem um, so the final bit of news this week uh, is about an upcoming VR headset in the works from Apple. Now, you may remember we talked about some rumors uh, from Bloomberg a few weeks ago on the show, but since then, we've had some more rumors about this device uh, that have surfaced online. And this time they come from a news outlet called The Information, who apparently has a source. The Information? The Information. Yeah, that's the website. Mm. Um, okay. They have apparently they have a source with direct knowledge of this device. Uh, but just like last time, we should say, please take this information with a pinch of salt. Um, but then again, there is rarely smoke without fire and things have been heating up when it comes to Apple working on, you know, a new headset anyway. So let's get into it. So this report claims that the headset will be equipped <clears throat> with more than a dozen cameras for hand tracking movements, along with two ultra high resolution 8K displays and advanced eye tracking technology. The cameras would be able to pass through video of the real world through the visor and display to the user, creating a mixed reality effect. 8K displays per eye. That's pretty yeah, insane. Exactly. Um, the report claims that it will feature swappable headbands. One headband would feature spatial audio technology like the AirPods Pro for a surround sound-like experience, while another optional headband would provide additional battery life on the go, and they would also be available in a range of different colors, which is very Apple, you know. It is. Um, Apple is said to be developing multiple ways to control the headset, including a thimble-like device to be worn on a person's finger. What do you think about that? I think you get lost pretty easily. That's all. I, I mean, maybe, maybe if it was like magnetic, it would hold to the headset or tuck away. Like, um, you know, when you used to have, oh God, PDAs. And, oh, you didn't check the you stylus in the little, there? Yeah. The stylus in there. Like maybe oh. if the thimble would like, you know, go into the side and you just go, boop, boop. <laughs> maybe, but... Yeah, it's going to be interesting because obviously, you know, with, with a thimble-like device worn on a finger, it's a big departure from what everyone else is doing in the VR scene. And it's whether, you know, like, oh. do they want uh, developers to port games from other platforms onto their platform but, or do they but, want to but, create but, unique mean, Apple, experiences? Or yeah. Apple always does it different. That's I true. mean, they took out the jack from, from the phone while everyone's like, why the heck are you doing this? And yeah. now everyone is like used to it. So, I mean, yeah. they, they can handle the, the change. I'm sure they can. I'm just going to say that uh, Candy Crush is going to look so great in VR. <laughs> oh. In 8K per eye. Yeah, farm absolutely. fill, farm fill as well. <laughs> so, Amazing game. So this farm is where things get wow. interesting. Apparently, Apple has uh, internally discussed the pricing the headset at around $3,000. <laughs> so a few weeks ago when we talked about it, I said, you know, it's easily going to be 1000 bucks, but 3000 that's pretty insane. Um, they're apparently... That was more my I mean, guess. I don't know if you remember, Mike. Was it I your said guess? that. Oh, yeah, I said 2000. I said 2000. So, yeah. The thing is, it's Apple, right? And this is new tech, and people are really interested. And also, yeah. at the moment, people have just gone through a whole bunch of sitting on their asses at home. Yeah. Which means yeah. people are like, okay, take my money, just give me something to well, entertain me. 
the Apple audience, they buy MacBooks for prices that I wouldn't buy a laptop for. Yeah, but um, so, I mean, uh, like the price, I'm, I'm not so uh, daunted is, by Is that it. another mic uh, roast, Nathie? No. <laughs> Why? I don't buy MacBooks. Uh, yeah. But I should mention that people do buy wheels for like these like Mac Pro PCs that, you know, the yeah. wheels themselves are like a thousand bucks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not even the PC itself. Um, so, it, but, but it's with everything Apple, even like my, my Apple Watch, I buy like a, an Apple band for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh, and, and it should have been 10 bucks. Yeah. But I'm I mean, really, I have to, you know, so. The only thing I'm scared of here, Nathy, is the Apple Elite strap. Like, how much is that going to cost? The to Apple Elite Because they, they, they just <laughs> described it, yeah. right? The Apple Elite strap. Yeah, a thousand bucks for a head yeah. strap, you can imagine. Um, but apparently, internally, because they know, obviously, it's an expensive product and they're developing it for the high end, they know that they, they're going to have, you know, they're not going to have overwhelming sales on it. And they're, they're shipping only 250,000 units of the headset in the first year of release, which the article suggests... They're going to be sold out instantly. ...will be 2022, gonna... so next year. Yeah, but they're going to be sold out oh, yeah, yeah, instantly. Oh, yeah, no, no the doubt. The moment the website goes live... Yeah. It's it's gone. Two hundred and fifty thousand though. Now that's still quite a high volume. I don't think that's going to sell instantly. I think. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of like it's Apple? Apple fans three, out there. It's three thousand. Yeah. yeah. But like you know, if you think about it, it's like it's almost that much money for a monitor or something ridiculous that they sell. So. Buy a car for that. You can buy a car for that. No, not a great car, but like a Kia. You know. <laughs> well, like yeah. an Android. Is it going to have? Is it going to have those classic Apple features? You know where. It monitors the things for you where you, you know, walk around a little bit in Who this, knows? you know, VR, and that's the AR thing. No one really knows right now. Like, what what is it going to be used for? Like, is it is it going to be for business? Is it going to be for productivity? Is it going to be for gamers? Well, at that price, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. But, like, no one really knows what it's going to be but used Apple, for. Apple, everything Apple sells is for businesses and consumers, True. right? They, they uh, try and dip in both markets. It's got to it's got to have ubiquitous appeal. That's the whole point of Apple. It's got to be for your average user. You know, grandma's going to be able to use it, girlfriend's got to be able to use it. You know what I mean? Like everybody. So hands up like, here. Who who, who would buy be... one day one? Who who would be camping outside the local Apple store in well, a little well, tent? But for what purpose? It. It's not going to be a gaming device. I don't believe that Apple is going to be selling a gaming device. So unless Barati, Barati. Okay, why? even if you're not into games, AK Parai, just think about that. How good that's going to look. Yeah. What what is going to look great? Whatever you want to watch. So Spotify, <laughs> Spotify, and uh, Apple Music. It's gonna look amazing. Like, I, I really like Apple for their technology leaps. Like what Nathan said, they tend to be a challenger. They tend to kind of disrupt a fair bit. Yeah. And so purely the tech guy in me, and I don't splash big cash at tech often. I'm usually a middle of the road kind of guy. Mm -hmm. But I've done it with Apple a few times. I got out of their ecosystem about a year and a half ago now. And it's like, if I have to go back into the whole ecosystem, if you're going to drag me back into all of it, then that would be a barrier for me. The price alone, I would be like, I'd still consider it, even if that's that's crazy. I'd have to be, oh, God. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd want it. That's all I can say. Is I, I would, I would is, want it. I would say, it. I mean, I, I disagree with that. I do agree that... Uh, that Apple is a market disruptor just because of the scale that they have. I don't see them as an innovator. I think that that position has been long lost. Even back when Apple started, yeah. they were not innovative. They are really good at integrating technology that has been available and made it, make it available for a bigger market. I mean, we see that with the iPhone, for example, that was all existing technology that was merged into one device, which is yeah. innovative in itself, but it's not innovative technology. Um, so I, I do think that Apple can can make something really great with a, with a VR headset uh, by combining technology that already exists. But I don't believe that this will be a gaming device. 
which is okay because I have a gaming device, but I would like to see what Apple would have in mind and how they would want to disrupt that market and what business or what kind of target that they would try to try to make. Because I do think, and I've said that already a couple of times, I do think there's that there's a lot of potential for virtual reality into the business environment. And mm -hmm. I do think that Apple would be the right player to, to step up that game. And, and so like home office. And yeah. I, yeah. I, and I think that I think you probably you're probably right there. You know, with this price point, you know, if it's going to replace your your Apple monitors, super expensive exactly. monitors, then it's probably worth that value at 8K per eye. You know, things are going to, you know, at that point with that resolution, you can make as many digital you know, virtual monitors as you like, and it's going to look amazing. So productivity, productivity. then opens up the door then to actually work in a headset but, like that. But then seems. like, like think about, think about, think about um, uh, Musk, for example, and the whole uh, limiting factor of mobile and our interface, like the exchange of information from what you have in your head into this device. So the only thing that I'm thinking, that next mind thing that you did recently, mm. I think if they had integrated that type of, mental control into the facial interface, yeah. which I can imagine you could do if you got really fancy and medical electronics in integrated into the device. And if you could, for example, think words and spell them into the device and it would replace a laptop that you'd be using on the train or whatever the case That's not going to work with your dirty minds, Zim. <laughs> well, no, yeah, but, but we're talking about normal people here. You know, so I, yeah. I really do think that if you're going to make that leap, you've got to get over this... Like the thimble idea for me is is great if you want to look at stuff or you want to ingest, you want to do it's, entertainment. It's also got hand tracking, but if by you the want way. output, yeah. yeah. But if you want to output, yeah, I get the hand tracking, but like that that, that doesn't replace a keyboard. Mm. That doesn't replace mm. the ability the for you to create. Um, it, it does do, let you do things like tilt brush and stuff. Like I can hold but, a magic but, wand in my hand. The, the, and create the thing that is, way. like they they are going to sell a mixed reality headset for daily use. The Quest Two is not for daily use for everything. You play games on it. You do maybe some, but this is like everything. But, you know, that's what they want to go for. Like the ecosystem of Apple is already there. Uh, so uh, we're talking about fitness. Yeah. We're talking about socializing in VR. I think socializing in VR something mm -hmm. that Facebook isn't doing with the Quest Two at all. Mm -hmm. It's something that they could really be leaping True. with straight away. And you know? I think as well, like you, you hit the nail on the head there as well, Nathie, is the integration with other Apple devices. So if it does have like a super yeah. high resolution pass-through mode, there's nothing stopping you from using your iPhone as like a, a keyboard or something like that, or you know, yeah. integrating they, these other devices. They, yeah, everything to is already the there. I mean, yeah. If you have an Apple Watch, you have the heart rate stuff. You can put that in there. Mm -hmm. um, they have the, you know, the the messengers. If they translate that into a VR, AR environment, that's going to be amazing too. So I mean, and, and I think the yeah. thing is, we, we, what we've learned from Apple over the years is that they don't they don't release a product that is half baked very often. You know, they've they've had some strange design choices over the years, but they generally release a product that is like. You know, it's solid on release. It, it's integrated with everything else. Everything works across platforms. No and I think that's what they've been waiting for, you know, the, mm. that that to be in place. And next year, it seems like it's going to happen. So it's going to be an interesting year uh, and to see how they can disrupt yeah. the VR industry Plus, as we know it right now. I, I think we're going to see maybe two or three different ones where 3K is the, the bare minimum. Quite but possibly. if you want to get some more like higher spec, maybe more gigabytes, whatever, it's going to be even more expensive. I think it sounds like that's the base price. Yeah, I can't even. And then on top of that, there will definitely be more. I can't even imagine. Maybe not like we're not gonna get into the titanium uh, mixed reality headsets yet. I, I don't think. But uh, you're gonna see some yeah price differences for sure. I can't even imagine what 8K per eye looks like. That just must be insane. <laughs>
Um, but the, the previous <laughs> um, Bloomberg article suggested that it would be a standalone device, uh, roughly the size of the Oculus Quest with both VR and AR functionality. So these kind of rumors are syncing up somewhat. So it would be interesting to see what actually materializes at the end of this. But would you be uh, buying one of these, Shane? You know, you know, it's interesting. Um, I think as a developer, I have a kind of an aversion to Apple because they generally don't tend to care that much about developers. Um, yeah. But at the same time, the the you know the technologist part of me wants to feel like James Bond and have that have that cool new thing. You know, exactly. Um, they don't they don't innovate in technology, but they innovate in terms of user experience, and that's what they've kind of always done. Because yeah, exactly. what you'll find is that using it is so smooth and fluid that it actually does improve your quality of life. And that's something mm -hmm. that I think... And, and it drives the market forward because yeah. other players see that and they adapt that kind of stuff as well. They mimic. Integrate that into, yeah, they yeah. use it as a, as a guideline, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be really good to see them enter. One thing I am slightly concerned about, I haven't really seen anybody else talk about it yet, is that um, clearly there's a rivalry there between Facebook and Apple. You know, and clearly Facebook are going to put a lot of energy soon into trying to create this sort of ubiquitous, more AR, more everyday device. Yep. So I just hope they don't lose focus on this uh, VR side of things with gaming and everything else, because, you know, we want everybody to obviously continue to innovate uh, with virtual reality, too, um, yeah. because I think these devices aren't really going to compete with each other in that sense, because... The Apple device is not going to be gaming focused, not going to be the choice for gamers at all. Um, and possibly I do think that they're going to compete, though, because I know that Facebook has been putting more and more focus on that, that business aspect as well. We saw that last Oculus Connect as it's well. True. Yeah, but they want to. I don't think they're going to compete directly in the gaming market, but Facebook is definitely not going to let yeah. Apple Plus, have the, the the business market either. Yeah. I do think they're Plus, both of them want to like Apple's also very like social focused. Uh, you know, they want to connect people. So in in that aspect, they they definitely compete. Yes, I, I think that with with Apple, you know, uh, going to sell this, I think it's going to definitely drive competition more yeah. because if Apple steps in, that's good. a total different league. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, no, I, and that's good because yeah. Facebook is the only one ruling the planet right now. Yeah. So Apple is, is totally welcome. Totally welcome. I, I think I, I completely agree. I mean, obviously they're going to clash in so many different areas, probably more traditional areas than, than mm. virtual reality. But I, I just hope that you know, we don't see a drop in the investment in virtual reality itself as it exists today, you know, and it doesn't turn into yeah. this whole put all of our money behind yeah. this new ubiquitous device. That, that's a good question. Like, I, I wonder how well prepared they are for this, where they suddenly make some jumps that are totally random because mm. Oculus also seems to have focuses everywhere. So with Apple, it might kind of create this chaotic scene where they have no idea where they want to go with it anymore. I mean, as I said, social on Quest isn't really there. Yeah. And I think if this Apple thing lands and people see that you can actually connect with people there in VR and AR mixed reality, mm. I think that's where people want to, because that's why I want a headset, a VR headset, to be able to connect with people in VR, because mm. that's the most magical thing you can do. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But I think what's great is that these you know, if if they do have like this epic fight out, you know, between Apple and Facebook, you know, it's going to be great for us, you know, sitting on the sidelines watching this. And it's also going to well, be that that's that's what you don't know. That's what, what what Shane is saying. Like it will have have its pros and cons. I don't know for the gaming side what will happen there. But yeah, it's going to be but it has to happen. It had to happen, it's already happen happening. at some point. And Apple is the one that is going to try it out. Yeah, I'm so curious. The I'm thing so that curious. I'm so that like I, I feel like we're about to get to the Olympics of like major VR players at some point. But I feel a little bit remiss that 
Oculus started off as fledgling, you know, built-in-the-garage kind of tech that has gone up, bolstered Facebook, and now they're, they're almost to a level, which I would say from the VR side, they look like what Apple kind of should have been up to this point, maybe. And now Apple's going to come in. But they're both like proprietary closed walls, gardens, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Ecosystems. They aren't like the open plan, you know, Android of this world. And it's, we don't, we although we have that, that seems to have gotten um, definitively weaker over the but last couple of years. That's also a consequence of like just market structure. I mean, first you need to kind of have these kind of platforms like Facebook and Apple to like really push through for like an open source development to really like, Foster and develop. Flourish. Uh, well, this, yeah. flourish this is where that. Shane comes in with SideQuest for the for exactly. the Apple VR headset, and and you know saves us all from salvation. <laughs> I think somebody uh, suggested again. Apple Crumble should be our name whenever oh, we release <laughs> You need to register that domain right this second. <laughs> Apple Crumble, brilliant. But the, but the thing is, like just like we have seen with PlayStation VR, people already had a PlayStation before the VR headset arrived, and with this, yeah. we have our phones, or some yeah. of us have our phones. We have Apple Watches, uh, maybe some some Air. Bots, uh, or or a MacBook. I don't know how many people. Like some people have everything, uh, but um, I think that also weighs in. You know, uh, Facebook doesn't have the Facebook phone. Uh, Facebook doesn't have a people walk around with. Of course, they have the Facebook app, but there are also a lot but of people who don't use that. They also have a Facebook that. operating system for your phone huh? mm-hmm. that also yeah. exists. Exists, yeah, 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 but they but isn't yeah. isn't used. You know, yeah, I think true. I think Facebook are probably yes. very aware of the fact that they don't have a phone. I think that's probably one of the things that kind of drives a lot of what they're doing. Yeah, uh, totally, hundred percent. I think I think that, yeah, I remember early interviews. I think it was from from Mark Zuckerberg saying that they missed out on the mobile market big time, and they didn't they didn't want to miss out again on the next computing platform, and that's why they invested so heavily into VR. Yeah, um, yeah. But we've totally. seen them go toe to toe recently. You know, Zuckerberg and Tim Sweeney have been sort of going at each other about privacy. You know? Yeah, big time. Yeah, and uh, the Quest Two launched on the same day as the as the iPhone Twelve. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, obviously, those we're already in that battle, and I think yeah. it's going to start to intensify. And let's just hope we're the kids that benefit at Christmas yeah. time from you know by twice as many presents because our parents are fighting rather than nothing. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think you know. I hope Apple- so too. Apple getting into the market is good for everyone, I think, even if it is yeah, super high end now, because, you know, a bit like this, the, the meta human stuff we were talking about earlier, it'll all trickle down eventually. It'll all come oh, yeah. to consumers eventually. It's just, I, th- I think it's super exciting to have a mixed reality headset from them and then with all the accessories that just work with it, mm-hmm. with the stuff you already own, your phone. And it's a bit like what Vive did with the HTC phones where you could, like someone would call you and I would uh, go to your headset instead. It's a very simple, yeah. uh, you know, uh, example, but that's kind of where we're getting to, where everything just simultaneously works together. Yeah. yeah. So that is uh, some fresh rumors about Apple working on a VR headset nice. potentially coming 2022. So start saving now because it's going to be th- about three grand. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of money. Um, so now we're going to quickly pass it over to Rowdy. He's been scouring uh, the internet this week and found something interesting on Reddit because uh, we wanted to sort of share some more stuff from the community. So this is going to be one of them. So take it away, Rowdy. Yeah, j- just something short. It's something that, that that I spotted during the week. Um, and it's it's a game, actually. It's, it's called Toss. Uh, it's, it's a VR game that is available not yet. It will be officially available 
from um, uh, spring 2021, but they had uh, a demo released. Unfortunately, it's not available anymore, but people seem to have been enjoying that. Uh, it was for the Steam Game Festival. Now, I'll read the description from the developers, what they posted on Reddit real quick. So, Toss, exclamation mark, banana emoji, is a VR climbing platformer game where you play as an acrobatic ape with the strength to swing and toss yourself freely between obstacles and challenging playgrounds. A preview of the demo was available on the Steam Winter Game Festival, and the demo was available up until the end, February 9th. So unfortunately, unfortunately, that is not available any, anymore. Um, but it, it does look like something. Um, I don't know if you guys remember those climbing games that we used to oh, play back oh, in the yeah. days. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were a lot of fun, and they gave a, a great sense of vertigo. I think that that was uh, really well done. And this one just seems that on steroids, because you're like, you have these kind of parkours where you need to get to the end and push a button. Uh, it kind of feels like you're a little bit of a monkey. But you have all these monkey bars that you need to grab onto, or branches and, and, and walls you need to climb. And you need to do it, of course, as fast as possible. But the cool thing is that you kind of each time need to take like that leap of faith to mm -hmm. get to like the next point. So you need to push yourself off and grab on. It looks very intensive and very high end and people really seem to have been enjoying it. Uh, and it will become available for the Oculus, but also for the Oculus Quest. So I actually oh, played it um, this week. You played the during the, during yeah, the, the, the demo? demo. Nice. Yeah, um, and it kind of does give you that kind of like to the top vibe, you know, mm -hmm. Windlands vibe. Um, you know, stride almost to a certain degree as well. I was going to say, is this mirrors monkey, monkey, mirrors edge, monkey, like mirror, monkey? Yeah, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Monkey um, mirror's edge is what I was trying to say. The only thing I would say Fun's is that the gripping, um, it, it, it has to be very accurate right now. Like the, 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 the area where, where you're able to actually grip onto something isn't big enough. So you tend to slip where you should have really grabbed it. Yeah, uh, apparently a lot there the time. was a bug because they, they kind of fixed that during oh, okay. uh, That's good the end of the week yeah. where the, the slipping bug was actually fixed. Oh, okay. I, I looked through that uh, on the, on the Steam I, app. I, I can't imagine playing this with the Valve Index. It's going to ruin my, my hands. Yeah. It's like constantly <laughs> trying to, you know. Yeah. Like I usually like to, like with with climbing games, I I prefer to play it with a with a trigger, you know, with an actual yeah, definitely yeah, not not with the index. No, in, in no, that, I, I agree. Yeah, I played it on the Quest too, connected to uh, <laughs> PC using virtual desktop. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it was fun. It was fun. I was gonna say I, this reminds me if you're looking for that style game right now. Don't Look Down is a great oh, yeah. little oh, yeah. indie game. Oh, yeah, really yeah. fun, really fun. And again, it's got a, a fair learning curve that gets quite steep at the end where you're like running away from lava, jumping from thing to thing. That's really, really good. So if you're looking for that type of game, and I've got another one in releases that's uh, also quite similar. So we'll talk about that one a little bit later. Nice one, Rowdy. It's just called Toss, right? Yeah, Toss. T-O-S-S. -S. <laughs> good find, Rowdy. Nice one. Uh, so now it's time to talk to our special guest this week, Shane, the creator of SciQuest, to talk about App Lab and the future of SciQuest. So if you've got any questions for Shane, drop them in the chat now and we can read out some of them later on in the show. Uh, we talked about App Lab uh, last week on the show, so most people should have uh, a good understanding of what it is and how it works. But to very briefly recap, App Lab is a new method of installing experimental content and games directly onto your Oculus Quest headset by just clicking on a single link. Uh, you can do this through uh, the headset's browser on your smartphone or on your PC. It's very, very straightforward. So let's get straight into it then uh, and talk to Shane and, and let us know really how you feel about App Lab and, and, and what you think this means for the future of SideQuest. Yeah, um, 
I think App Lab is great, you know. Um, I think that's the only way you can kind of see it right now is that there's a ton of additional benefits there for developers. Um, yeah. I think there's still some some pain points with it, and there's potential there for that to uh, to evolve even more. Uh, but if Facebook comes through and, and delivers on the promise, then, you know, we should see a brighter future for everybody. You know, um, the uptick on our side has been incredible. Uh, we've already seen higher numbers. Um, you know, every major event in VR has a significant impact on SideQuest. And we broke our Christmas records there for the highest number of daily active users at 78,000. Um, so things are still just growing, you know. Um, right now, we're, we're sort of just uh, creeping up on a million and a half monthly active users. And yeah, uh, whenever we got, um, we, we obviously had support for App Lab on launch. We worked with Oculus in the run-up to it. Uh, we worked with all of the launch uh, developers to get them up and running on SideQuest so that we could uh, flip that switch and on launch day and have everything available uh, for people to use. But even then... We've, we've worked to kind of improve and innovate that over the last week, taking feedback from developers and, and from the community in general. So uh, we first of all added in the App Lab category to SideQuest just to give you a single spot, a single place to be able to find the App Lab apps. Uh, but uh, that's that's more of a stopgap until we can uh, really improve. We've got a major overhaul of the, of the main page of SideQuest coming. So uh, it should make it much easier to be able to access App Lab apps. And uh, yeah, we've obviously also seen a huge outcry from the community in support of this kind of thing and wanting to support the developers. We've seen a number of um, uh, publishers and, and, uh, and websites kind of uh, getting involved, helping to kind of spread the word about these new App Lab apps. And it's, it's working, you know, because yeah. we're seeing users uh, uh, coming and engaging with this content. And obviously all you guys, I'd say, individually as well as a bunch of other people have all done great videos that kind of outline what it is how it works what to expect you know yeah app lab it's it's not the store um and it's it's there's certain things you need to be kind of aware of in terms of how it works like the hardest thing i think for a lot of people is that they can't just go to app lab it's not a place that they can go to no. find things that's um, right so yeah it's 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 been super exciting uh we just put out a big reddit post kind of outlining uh, you know, the immediate future for us and for App Lab and, and for some uh, improvements we have coming forward. And uh, uh, just today, in fact, we launched uh, AppLab.Games, the catchiest URL I've seen so far, um, uh, which is actually supposed to serve as an example. Um, we've seen some other sites crop up and everybody's sort of starting to now index App Labs. There's uh, subreddits uh, that have been created as well as several other websites. So uh, what we like to do is to be able to give all of those people a single sort of one-stop shop place they can come to find all of uh, the AppLab apps. So uh, AppLab.Games is actually designed to be a way for uh, other uh, publishers and developers to integrate the AppLab listings uh, into their own website. So uh, that website itself is open source, and uh, you can very quickly and easily just uh, grab a little iframe snippet to embed it into your website on the page right now as we speak. So... That's so uh, awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. so awesome. Totally sexy. That looks great. Yeah, yeah that looks fantastic. And I, I think that's so great. So, you know that 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 SideQuest has not only evolved by you know offering traditional sideloader content, which you know you can do, but it's a little bit involved. Now it offers this like one click uh, app lab content, but now you're also creating a platform for other people to distribute their content as well. Um, and and you know it, that, that's pretty admirable, really, because you could be like, well, you know, we're we're a well-established website. We're going to hold the keys to ourselves. You know, we're going to you know, try and dominate the platform, but you're really sort of, and, and you have been from the very beginning, I suppose, you know, being very open and just like, 
we're here to serve the community. That's that's our main focus. And I think that's a very admirable thing to do in VR. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we can let the we can let the apples and the Facebooks fight it out at the top level. We're we're all you know we're all still bunched together here. You know yeah. we're all just trying to uh, work towards the same goal, and I think that's important. And you know anything that can extra benefit developers is something that we're always going to embrace at SideQuest. So it, it, yeah, it's so, the metadata to me on that. So for for the AppLab.game site, which we just flashed up a moment ago. Um, I love the fact that you're kind of pivoting off of the fact that with, with SideQuest, you've obviously got the kind of reviews base, the scoring, people's interest, and along with that, the art. Because when, when AppLab first dropped, the first thing that I didn't like about it, being a very visual person, was it's just a bunch of links. Like, it's there's no thumbnail. There's no um, default there. But what you've done is you've taken SideQuest's data set and you've merged it with that easy-click link ability, and now you've got a website for it. And I'm just hearing this for the first time now. I'm just seeing it. I think it's very well designed. Um, I wouldn't add a thing, actually. It looks great. And I think the, way, the great thing is you can, you know, it looks great in a browser as well. And because you can do all this within the Quest headset browser itself, it just makes the whole process so, so simple. Yeah, I mean, we've always had the kind of the six-step sign-up, as I call it. It's out of our control. It's computers, it's drivers, it's cables, it's all that kind of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, but we've never been able to do anything about it. Um, yeah, yeah, so I was excited to be able to put out a site like that where maybe we could knock one or two more clicks out of the, out of the process for people mm. and make it easier. Um, now, we've got a ton of improvements coming to the main website. Uh, but yeah, this is just a quick way to get in there now as soon as and uh, you know, get what you need. And uh, for anybody else that's interested and wants to integrate it with their own uh, site, we're going to be working with BMF. Uh, he, he made an announcement the other day that he had secured a, a domain and was going to start to help supporting these developers too. So we're we're excited to help uh, hook up that system and get that up and running. We're going to be working on that on Monday. So awesome. uh, yeah, it'll be great to um, it'll be great to get more uh, more eyes on all of this stuff. Nice. I just so, saw so what I, what, in the I, chat as well. what I find interesting. Sorry, what I find interesting is that right now with App Lab, it's like super easy. You know, you click the link, then you go to the mobile app, then you can download it. Compared to sideloading, it's it's a little bit uh, simpler. Although, of course, sideloading also simple. But compared to yeah. it's it's uh, you know. But aren't you afraid that those kind of games are going to be more? Let's say people think, oh, this is an app lab game. It's easier to you know more convenient to download that. And I don't know about the sideloading one, especially if we're talking about new users. I think you have a huge community right now. You know who uses your sideloading method it's amazing but let's say for new people i think a lot of people let's say who now buy quest grow up with app lab and not necessarily with side quest anymore and then yes are you like afraid that it will kind of take away an audience from your website or are you like i'm just a part of the ecosystem and if we kind of grow or kind of disappear a little bit we're okay with that well i mean yeah i mean at the end of the day we, we just kind of work to provide you know, the best possible service and to take as much feedback on board as we can. Um, I think with what goes on with sideloading at the minute, it's going to take some time, you know. Um, the hope was that it might be a sort of a 24-hour turnaround to get apps on there. I think we've seen three since launch. So I don't know yeah. if it's going to replace the sideloading catalog just yet. You know, we've got another 1,300 apps or something in there. Um, but yeah. the plan on our end is to basically, um, uh, at some point, once we reach a threshold of App Lab apps, We'll probably shift the side loading over to a reactive process. Uh, we've no intention to, um, you know, remove support for side loading uh, anytime soon, um, and we hope that Facebook thinks the same. 
Uh, we're certainly not going to do anything on our end that might prompt them to to uh, consider removing uh, access to sideloading. But uh, what we do, might do is make it a reactive process. So at a certain point, if there's enough App Lab apps there, then we probably won't need an App Lab category, uh, probably just a filter option to be able to see all the categories uh, that App Lab apps are in. And at that point, if you come to a sideloading app, maybe it will uh, prompt you that you need to go through the yeah, steps yeah. To, to get up and running with it. Because the, the huge difference between App Lab is that that's for consumers officially and sideloading is for businesses because you have to sign up as a, you know, business. Sure, as a developer. So will yeah. it then, are we then going to see maybe those two separate where App Lab is really for people who want to play games and then the sideloading part becomes more for businesses to, you know, develop on on that on that side without really having consumers involved. Basically me saying that that part will not be accessible anymore for consumers it's it's anything's possible you know anything is possible it's really hard to know what's coming i think the best thing we can do here is to kind of look at what are the pieces uh that need to be sort of arranged in order for something like that to happen mm. uh, what are the barriers that are in the way you know and there's a lot of use cases right now for sideloading there's a lot of people that enjoy uh you know um virtual desktop uh, that enjoy all of uh, dr beef's ports uh that enjoy just yeah. putting android uh, APKs onto their quests so that they can yeah. play games in, in VR, yeah. you know, um, uh, Beat Saber modding, it's the elephant in yeah. the room. Uh, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's a lot of things there that I think need to be kind of resolved before they could ever look at trying to remove yeah. uh, sideloading entirely. But those are, those examples that you give are not ones that you see on App Lab, you know, no, the, no, not the yet. amazing Doom VR thing. I don't know how they would legalize that on the official store you know yeah. that would be something that is almost like uh emulator level where you know nintendo is also not getting involved with that but you could still play them yes so i'm curious if there is there still a place for that with app lab now being in place i, I think it's going to be a really interesting couple of weeks as we start to see mm. what happens with some of these submissions to app lab now in some of the mm. earliest conversations that i had with chris pruitt one of the first things i brought up was dr beef and where's his place going to be in all of this yeah, uh, we'd like yeah. to you know see if there's a way that we can uh, you know guarantee him assurances that if we move forward and we work with you guys on App Lab that uh, he's going to still have a place because you know these these are the system sellers uh, these kinds of games virtual desktop Doctor Beef and and they're yeah. important uh, the community sure. needs them they want them they you know should have them so I, it'll be really exciting to see over the next couple of weeks I know all of these people have dipped a digit and we'll see where this goes. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we should just reiterate some of our concerns that we touched on last week's show, and that was that, you know, obviously to sideload traditionally using SideQuest, you need a developer account, which you need to register, you know, on the Oculus website with. And, you know, we said that they could easily so, sort of close down that loophole by either charging developers a nominal fee for like a yearly license to develop, you know, apps and games on their platform, mm. um, or to, to add uh, additional verification checks for people, you know, that to make sure they are actually developing games and not just consumers like us taking advantage of this loophole. And I think that was our biggest concern. But, you know, I think, you know, having learned that, you know, it's 1.5 million active users using the SideQuest platform, which is an incredible number of people. And if you consider that, you know, how many people must be using Quest at the moment, you know, out there who actually have Quests physically in their houses, you know, it must be uh, a lot of people out there. And I know Rec Room chucked an estimation out there recently, sort of, two to three million Oculus yeah. Quests sold over the Christmas sort of holiday period. And if you think about that, that's like an insane number of headsets, you know, something that we've we've only really seen before from PSVR. Yeah. 
Um, and I, you know, I do think that the app lab is great, but I do worry as well and share your concerns with about these Dr. Beef mods and, and, and particularly virtual desktop. Cause you know, for me, it's like one of the most important apps that I use on a regular basis through SideQuest. And, you know, I know it's one of the most popular apps on the system as well. Um, and certainly, you know, this week we had some information trickle down from Andrew Bosworth, uh, who did like an Instagram, uh, AMA session. And I'll read out some of the things that he said verbatim. So... Uh, he says, yeah, you probably heard from Guy uh, or Guy on Twitter, and that's obviously Guy Godin, the developer of Virtual Desktop. Uh, they've submitted the app for review. Uh, I don't know the status of it yet, but that's still kind of ongoing, so I don't know that. Uh, and then he goes on to reiterate like why they have a curation process on the Oculus Store and says that it was very important to us that when people tried virtual reality uh, on the Quest, they had a great experience straight off the bat. And he said that that helped with retention, you know, uh, people coming back for more. No one really had a bad experience, so they kept coming back for more VR, and that's a good thing. And I, I you know, to a certain degree, I agree with that. Um, but then he goes on to talk about virtual desktop in a little bit more uh, and says, one of the challenges with virtual desktop is that we can't know what your Wi-Fi connection is like and how it changes, uh, and so we can't guarantee a good experience, and that's why we had limitations on apps like this shipping on the store. Now, personally, I think this is just a big cop-out. Yeah, and I don't know what definitely. their agenda is as to why they don't want it, they don't want this on the app lab. But I feel like, you know, this is clearly what the community wants because otherwise it wouldn't be the most popular app on on SideQuest. For me, it's one of the most amazing ways to experience PC VR content right now using the Quest Two wirelessly. It's very liberating. It's fantastic. You know, previously we'd have to spend three four hundred pounds on a wireless adapter to adapt a PC VR headset to make it wireless, and now we're spending that money to buy the headset itself. And yeah. I think that's amazing. And I think yeah. that Oculus should embrace that. Um, and it kind of is like the same argument as saying, oh, we're not making high quality games because a lot of percentage don't have a high quality graphics cards. Yeah. There's not a lot of people having a 3090. Therefore, we're only going to aim for games that run on the on the 980. I think that all, all they need to address this is just by having some disclaimer. You know, they have yeah. a disclaimer on App Lab Labs already saying that, you know, it's experimental but, content. I mean, but they should be saying, well, like, especially with this virtual desktop PC VR streaming patch, there is a big caveat, right? If you if you don't have a solid five gigahertz Wi-Fi connection, your experience will be degraded. So you need to know that going in. And I think that's sufficient. And that's, and that's why App Lab Games is now there, you know, the App Lab thing where it says it's, it's experimental, like you have to agree to stuff is going to happen. But the thing with virtual desktop is this is not your regular game. This is a, a feature that they want to make their own feature. They want to be able to be completely in control of it. And that's why this is a whole uh, like hole that we're falling into right now and no one knows what they think. But they're, they're not going to give you a clear answer on why virtual desktop is not going to be allowed. It's because they want to have their own version of that. But I think this know? is um, it's a good part. It's, we're in a good time where the focus is on them to make the right decision, I think. You know, us, the community, are sitting here watching because they've created this new system now that makes you know it easier for developers. But are they going to make it easier or are they just yeah, going to... Is it just going to be another yeah, curated if, if process? You, yeah, but the thing is, if you think consumer first, that's not the case. I mean, they have to make a tough decision by saying we don't do not allow this stuff mm. because we have a different agenda than you guys do. Yeah. Um, and and that's why you know with App Lab, I I think it's amazing, but I also think indirectly that's what I think is my opinion. But it's it's an indirect attack on SideQuest itself. Mm. Because it's now like in the end, you now send people to Oculus their ecosystem. Well, with side loading, you indirectly send the people to 
the Oculus platform. But in the, in the end, you ended up at SideQuest again. Mm. But now it's people just go one direction and as they just download the app and then they play on the Oculus platform. Yeah. 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 It's what, interesting. What do, you, I, um, what do you think, Shane, curious, about this whole virtual desktop saga? And how do you think it's going to pan out? I... If I was to make a guess, I would think that they're probably going to try to delay the situation as long as they possibly can so that they can try to introduce their own solution. I think yeah. when Boz talks about you know not being able to account for the variability in, in Wi-Fi, um, I think that sort of points and indicates towards them probably wanting to tackle that problem, Yeah, maybe with a hardware device that comes with it. But yeah. it's like you say, it's just, it's hard to ignore that you get the headset for 300 quid and let's just say you can't use it for anything else but wireless PC VR. You know, even a virtual desktop is cheaper than a USB cable and more functional. Mm. You know, I'm yeah. not going to run a USB cable to uh, another building, which is where my VR rig is, which is what I use daily to develop with VR because it's wireless, because my router is here and I've got an Ethernet cable running out. It just, it's it's perfect. It's It's really, really perfect. And I would be very disappointed, I think, uh, and a lot of people would probably share that uh, sentiment uh, if uh, it was something that we could no longer access. So, mm. yeah, I think a lot of people are eager to see, uh, you know, both consumers and uh, other developers are eager to see how this uh, uh, this virtual desktop application process is going to go. And yeah. I, I take Boz's uh, points on board, but it feels like that's what App Lab is for. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think one one of the things that I pointed out in the video that I made, uh, you know, just talking about App Lab and how to to install App Lab games on your Quest, um, was that you know if if you know they they went down the route of shutting down these developer accounts, the loophole to traditionally sideload content, you know, using SideQuest, that I feel like the, it would just push this massive community of like what 1.5 million active monthly users to to you know seek out more invasive methods of of getting that content on Quest and, and a full jailbreak would probably be more likely to happen um, if, if they ended up yeah, shutting this still, down, which I think would be I mean, more harmful to them in the long run, I think. Yeah, but we're still in the early stages of VR and that's why they could even pull that off. What you're saying here would sound horrible, mm. but they can pull that off and then just move on like mm. nothing happened. And they maybe want to get to that point where it is like same with Apple, you know, uh, you can also, like it's hard to hack into your iPhone to get some stuff on it. Mm. So there, there will be a point where they want to get to that. I don't think we ever thought Facebook wanted to go open platform with, with the Quest, right? So no. yeah. but I think, you know, on a positive note, you know, like I, I do think the App Lab is a step in the right direction. You know, I think it, it does yeah. take all this friction out, you know, and it ultimately it's good yeah. for developers um, to, to and consumers and consumers because it's consumer friendly. It's it's totally uh, legal. Everything that is happening with App Lab is just. I think if it works for if everyone. you're a developer and you want to get your game out there, you know, you want you want people to demo it, you know, behind the scenes, even if it's not publicly posted on an aggregator site or anything like that. You know, it's a great way to yeah. distribute your keys, right? Mm. Yeah, it's just the uh, the only thing that we don't know is like the approval uh, system with that. Like, is it exactly the same as you know getting it onto the official store? So, and that's why SideQuest is so amazing. There are still tons of those games on there that will never get through that system, that App Lab system, but can be on SideQuest instead. Mm. And that's why they should go, you know, exist next to each other. Yeah, I always think it, you know, the way I kind of see the future in my mind is that you'll have traditional sideloading, hopefully it will still remain, yeah. and you'll have App Lab, which is just something separate. You'll always have yeah. the hardcore dedicated community like us that love 
you know, traditional side loading and we'll never want to give that up. They'll have to pry it from our dead cold fingers. Um, but you'll have, you'll have, you'll have like a, casual users that just love AppLab because it's just so easy to use. So I think it serves. There's, there's another, a lot of different users for SideQuest as well. And uh, you have like a lot of dev tools in there and a lot of like, you know, different things that you can do. So from a developer's perspective, I think that, you know, SideQuest will always be useful um, in that particular yeah. regard. Mm. Mm. I had, a, I had a question for Shane about, um, Shane, just in terms of like where you're going, I always think about your like expansion plans in that way. And obviously this is an interesting pivot, but like looking at your, your site, I, I think of like is localization, for example, uh, a problem? There's a lot of words, for example, on, on, on the page. And I just wonder, is that something, is that part of your plans? Is there something else that you paint for your future, you know, 12, 24 months down the road, things that you... You know when this when this pivot let's say settles down and starts to establish itself a bit more um, given it was a kind of a surprise to i think a lot of devs out there and they might now be targeting this where, mm -hmm. where are the areas that you think that seeing as where SideQuest has gotten so far you could paint for either app lab or SideQuest, you know going going forward in the future in terms of these aggregation you know, ut utilities that you you guys have built yeah i think aggregation is a good word um, Oculus used that in the FAQ about uh, uh, App Lab when they described what SideQuest was 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 a link aggregator, and and I think you know to some degree they've they uh, functionally they've hit the nail on the head there because we've kind of always aggregated links. Developers have never hosted content on SideQuest; they've hosted it themselves or they've used itch, and we've simply provided kind of a one-stop shop for that. I think. <laughs> Something I find interesting is that obviously Facebook, uh, you know, they've changed some things in the last six months. They've made verification a thing on developer mode. They've tried to discourage developer mode. I think they made the unknown sources text red in V25. I don't know if anybody's noticed that yet. I didn't notice so that. There's, there's a couple of little things that they do. But then at the same time, we went from 300,000 to a million and a half users in the last four months. So we've had more growth in the last four months than uh, with all of those things happening, which just shows that there's still clearly an appetite for this kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I think as far as SideQuest is concerned, our main focus right now is managing the growth of our community and trying to uh, find out ways to offer as much value to that growing community as we possibly can. Last year, we, we secured a reasonable uh, pre-seed round, uh, which was really just for us to get some smart people around the table, be able to get a lot of resources and legitimize what we were doing. You know, we kind of had grown up from that that uh, jailbreak mentality that we kind of started out with. And now we're providing a great service for developers. And yeah, as far as we're concerned right now, we sort of describe ourselves as, as pre-revenue. Um, but basically that gives us the freedom to not have to worry about delivering on revenue. And we can just focus on trying to grow and build our community and give uh, developers as much uh, of an outlet uh, for their mm. content as possible. So that's that's our primary focus. We might we might start raising again pretty soon. We might start building a team. Things like regionalization, localization is definitely going to be a priority for sure. And there are some challenges there because a lot of the, the content that's provided is coming from a third-party uh, source. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're, we're conscious to the fact that we have that traditional spread of about 50% of our usage is in the US, another 30% spread across Europe and the rest uh, across Asia. So. Yeah, we're we're um, we're super excited to be able to expand on that and, mm. and to be able to provide a proper team and a proper you know we're we're still very much in the startup mentality right now and it's been great uh, to develop that over the last six months and uh, we're super excited for this for this next phase and 
and what can happen. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's that's where but we're I at. Feel- I feel like you and Orla have your ears, and you obviously have um, had your ears so close to the rails in terms of your users. So I, I'm I'm curious about: is there anything that's like surprised you along the way? Just in the, since the Quest Two dropped, for example, um, you know, all of a sudden you got a big growth spurt in Brazil, and people there are taking up like numbers like crazy. Like, is there any particular market or trend from your user base that in the last six months, you know, really kind of stood out to you? I was just curious about that because you have such volume coming at you. You must be pouring over the stats, I'd imagine. I mean, yeah, this this is the thing. Um, part of it is is uh, just trying to keep up and trying to keep the service running. Um, I think the most surprising thing for us is that we did not truly expect the influx of users that the Quest 2 would bring. I think our site was running sluggish for about three or four days while we scrambled like crazy to try and add more resource there to make things run. Uh, but that was probably the biggest surprise. We knew something big was coming. You know, we could feel it. There was that sort of eeriness in the air, the, the you know, quiet before the storm kind of thing. Uh, but we didn't we didn't quite expect that. You know, even compared to Christmas and Black Friday, the launch of the Quest was just this huge, big thing. It was that moment where we're sitting there watching all the stats. I think it was the second day when people really started to receive their Quests. And at one point, the site just went completely unresponsive. We just had to put our hands in the air. We go, right, guys, we're just going to have to wait until it comes back, you know. (laughs) But uh, the numbers were crazy. They were really, 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 really crazy. At one point, you know, we were approaching sort of 20,000 concurrent people on the website on day two of Westland launch. So so that was insane. Yeah, that was just the scariest and most exciting moment of my life to date, I think. Yeah, you know, when you said you have to wait for the site to come back, I mean, I've seen that before. I mean, we see it with most game launches, which are major releases, where it can absolutely cripple you, and you can't scale your resources necessarily to that mm. level because it'll, unless you're using flexible resourcing, you know, <laughs> you just you can't accommodate for that kind of spike growth. Yeah, uh, you have to no. wait for it to settle down, and then and then you can plan. You can kind of but, have a trajectory for it. it. It it's it's like it must be an amazing feeling to see those numbers and then think like wow this is another glimpse of VR going mainstream very soon yeah. and this is just this is just another uh, you know beginning of so many other you know ways to go. I absolutely do, and I really enjoy sharing those. I know mm. most other people don't share them, but I go out of my way to try to give that information back to the public so they can see how much this is growing and five yeah. x our traffic in four months. That's a crazy thing to, to yeah. talk about, you know? Yeah, that's it's really simple to understand. And I think yeah. it's amazing, like, really how you've evolved. You know, you just rolled with everything, you know, and, you know, you've been involved in the, the App Lab, you know, development process as well with this contact with Oculus. And, you know, you, it must have had its ups and downs over the time, but you've you've always been very positive and, like, this is it. You know, we're, we're serving the community. We're serving the developers here. This is the main priority and I think, you know, like I said before, it is admirable what you've been doing. So, you know, keep doing it. Um, yeah. Appreciate and yeah, it. Yeah, I think regardless of what happens to traditional sideloading, if it, even if it was to disappear, I think SideQuest still has its space there as an aggregator of these App Lab content links. So it's not like, you know, you're going to go anywhere anytime soon, is it? It's, and I, I think like SideQuest to a lot of people is also like a part of, uh, of of the VR culture, you know, it's like almost heritage in its own way. Mm. Uh, it, it's like we, we all remember, for example, like Oculus Share. Yeah. And I mm. think that's the same yeah. with SideQuest. So even if it would disappear, like you started a new trend, you started things that no one else did before. You jumped into a gap that 
I remember us talking on the podcast about yeah. there is no Oculus Share, there is no place where developers can really have their creative outlet. And yeah, I think a lot of people will just you know salute you for that, uh, no matter what. Absolutely. Sure. We've got some questions from uh, the community here in the chat. Uh, Paradise Decay asks, uh, what was the game you were working on that got denied by Facebook hmm. and forced you to create SideQuest in the first place? Oh. Uh, interesting. So that was a game at the time was called The Expanse, completely unrelated to the television show. Um, <laughs> it was basically a social metaverse. You could think of it like VR chat or, or Rec Room. Uh, in essence, we wanted to create something where developers had complete limitless capability. Uh, you know, it wasn't anything that was tied to a cryptocurrency and you had know, to buy land or anything. It was just free and open metaverse. I love the idea of it. I really, really want to pursue it. Obviously, we've had to shelve it because it's taking every waking moment uh, for me to keep SideQuest uh, as it is. And it's something I'd love to pursue again. Um, yeah, so that that was basically it. It was extremely ambitious. Um, so, so in a, in a weird way, Facebook created SideQuest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they denied you. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. They did. Yeah. Even that game. That game is a funny story. Microsoft actually has a place in all of this. But um, a number of years ago, I was very active on a Microsoft platform called Altspace VR, and I had built a ton mm. of content creation tools on there. And the reason we started the game was because they had pivoted in one direction and we decided to spin the tools out into the expanse. So lo and behold, then that went towards the quest submission. Alcula said no, and then we we built SideQuest. So yeah, Microsoft kind of kicked everything off. Um, Yeah, so yeah, if you want to thank anybody, um, I guess thank Alex Kipman. Nice. (laughs) So one one question I have actually is... um, because there was a lot of uh, discussion around uh, developers charging uh, money for apps uh, off uh, App Lab, and and there was a bit, there was back and forth because it wasn't clear in the the terms, the policy, right, directly from Oculus. One part said it could be allowed, the other part said it couldn't be allowed. Has that been sort of cleared up now? Is there a definitive answer from them on that? It seems so, but I think we're still waiting at this point. If you still check the uh, App Lab FAQ, I believe it still says you're not allowed to use any monetization features outside that which Oculus provides. But then you've also got the distribution uh, uh, policy, which has been there for a number of years, which clearly states you may use keys however you like. You can sell them. You can do with it what you want. Obviously, the attractive element there for some developers is that they can effectively sidestep the Oculus tax, the 30%. And leveraging yeah. a website like itch.io, which I believe provides the sort of tools you need to have this automatic key distribution system, right. uh, that they can then reduce the amount of revenue share that goes to the platform to zero and take 100% of that if they want themselves. So right. um, I think, you know, obviously these developers want to be able to uh, see a lot of success. And it's this balance now between whether they're going to lose out more by losing 30%. Or uh, um, are they going to see more because App Lab is going to drive more user engagement? So it's it's a weird yeah. one. So, but but the answer. So basically, you're saying one website says you're not allowed, the other one says you do. Yes. So they they just keep the the answer in the middle. Basically, just like with pretty much everything else they're <laughs> yeah. doing at the moment. Yeah. App Lab App Lab is also a solution in the middle. So I mean, this totally fits the whole uh, you know. But it's, yeah, uh, it's it's typical. There's there's a if I think <laughs> when you examine Oculus and Facebook, even Oculus and Facebook themselves, there's so many conflicting elements there. Mm. Like they want to see the the store succeed. They want to see the store do well, uh, but then they've got App Lab. But those conflict with each other because if App Lab does better, then it devalues the store. And then yeah. it's where does their focus yeah. end up? Yeah. And it's in, 
in terms of the native stuff that they're planning to provide or, you know, who knows versus what's already popular out there and the clash between <laughs> that. It's, it's weird. I mean, even the ethos of, of Oculus and, and some of the messaging and communication you see coming from like John Carmack doesn't really perfectly align well with what yeah. we see coming from Boz and from, uh, from Chris no, Prude exactly. as well. It, it, it kind of comes down to like you have a lot of people on one ship and everyone tries to steer in a certain direction. Yeah. Some things are out of their control. Like your your website completely exploded to the number where you're so relevant that you can't just say, listen, uh, we, we, we're we not going to work together with you. Like there, there has to be something. So they're kind of trying everything to, mm. but you can slowly see them moving into certain directions, but they do it very, very slowly. Um, because I mean, yeah, they're all of course aware that everyone from the VR community is watching what they are doing. Mm, yes, not to mention every government in the world and every regulatory body. Yeah, that's, that's also true. true. I, I don't that's envy them. True. I don't envy no. their position trying to navigate all of no. this. That's for sure. And the one thing about the funny thing about like the thirty percent cut, which Oculus take, you know, it's not necessarily a new thing. Like most other gaming platforms, like Steam or um, you know PlayStation, for example, they take a similar thirty percent, roughly thirty percent cut of, of games that are posted on their platform. Um, but the whole thing with um, itch is, like you say, you can have 0% potentially up to like 0% tax on your apps for missions. But the thing is, like, you then have to make a choice. Do you want to be on App Lab and be exposed to a bigger audience but have to give 30% over? Or you're on uh, itch through traditional sideloading, which is exposed to a smaller audience and you pay nothing potentially. And, I, yeah. you know, I, I still think that probably going on App Lab is probably going to be the more lucrative option for a developer, even though you are paying that 30%. Yeah. And, and even, even you're not even discoverable to a certain degree. You have to really look for it, you know, to, to find but it. I think but as then, soon as... Yeah, we have seen some devs already saying, like, I, I sold, like, so many copies yeah. on App Lab. Uh, it's crazy. But I think yeah. that's, that's, you know, what Shane is doing as an aggregator of all this content. As soon as people yeah. start understanding, and I still think that the the uptake of what App Lab is and how it works and why it's, it's a big deal is still very slow within the community I've seen. But I think once people understand that, you know, App Lab is a big deal, then these aggregation sites are going to start blowing up. Like all it needs is Pavlov or something like that to just, you know, yeah, explode yeah, yeah, the yeah, system, yeah, exactly. basically. It, you're, mm. you're saying it advertises itself yeah. because Oculus is not going to advertise this system. Yeah. They yeah. just, exactly. it's made to be kind of hidden away. It just needs that so, killer game yeah. on there. You know, a bit like yeah, with, with, with SideQuest, you know, when it had like virtual desktop in the beginning, like it was a big draw for everyone to come to SideQuest and then they, yeah. they find all this other content. It's the same with App Lab. It yeah. just needs a killer App Lab app, <laughs> basically, app lab, app lab, to lab, get lab, it out lab, there. Lab, lab, lab. Uh, that, that, yeah. That's a great question for everybody here. So for chat, and yeah. I'm curious, for everyone but Shane, because he built the bloody thing. Um, so what brought you to SideQuest? I think for me, I don't think it was necessarily virtual desktop. I think I saw T for God, and I wanted to, to play that. I wanted to play a non-Euclidean space game. And and I just it drove me. I was like, I'll spend the 30 minutes. I'll spend the minutes, 30 minutes setting up and getting this working. And then once you got it working... It's a cornucopia. But for you guys, what brought you there? Was it for was me, it DD or was it something else? For, for me, I mean, like the, the main reason why I use SideQuest is still virtual desktop. Mm -hmm. That's the main reason. Yeah. But the thing that originally, because you know that I was probably the last one to actually try it out because I didn't want to go through the process yeah, of like ages. clicking develop or whatever. Uh, but the, I, I talked about it the, the last time that Shane was here. It was, it was Pavlov. Pavlov was the one that actually oh, yeah. drove me into it. Shack, yeah, good yeah, old Shack. That's amazing, yeah. Yeah, virtual desktop all day long for me. You know, that was the biggest draw. Yeah. Still is. Yeah. For for me, it was virtual desktop and of course the the Beat Saber mods. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. yeah. A lot of people got brought in at the early Ma- days of side quests because of Meat Saber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> David the Psycho in chat says uh, for him it was file manager. Oh, file manager. Yeah, file oh, manager. right. The file manager. Because the system is easier, you can. And, and there was that trick YouTubers were using as well to drag multiple files off of the system. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's got some additional benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking about this earlier. Um, you remember back in the early days when the Quest had just launched and Beat Saber was a launch title? And it was like within that, like within 30 days, they came out and said, custom songs, they're coming to Beat Saber. Yeah. And. Um, it's interesting because the file manager, um, you know, there was two. There's two choices with Quest, and there's only there was only one choice until we added the file manager. But you use something called MTP, the Media Transfer Protocol, mm-hmm. has a ton mm. of problems. Like you can't copy files off unless you copy two at a time, or if you delete a folder, it doesn't delete. Or you know, there's a bunch of issues with it yeah. uh, that made it really cumbersome to use. So we we developed one based on ADB, essentially to. Uh, solve a lot of these problems and um yeah i can imagine that that possibly could be part of the reason why we don't see custom songs on quest is because right now the only way to deliver them effectively involves having to use sideloading rather than mm-hmm. just plug it in like a usb memory stick and copy some files mm-hmm. over so um yeah i think it's interesting the file manager you know that's that's uh that's an important piece for a lot of people to be able to get files yeah. easily off and off the on and off the headset because the standard way is broken in a lot of ways yeah uh, a lot of people are talking about t for god hyperdash cosmic yeah. flow daysim some other apps that they've a really few enjoyed winking faces yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we know, we know we so, know. so to round up the, uh, our session with shane um maybe you could <laughs> you share again last time didn't you so maybe shane you can um share the details for your giveaway again um like you're giving away some hoodies uh side quest branded hoodies and also uh, quest too right yeah, so, I mean, giveaways are pretty much all we've got going on at the minute. We've got this, we've set up this kind of, um, uh, this great deal uh, or this great sort of initiative with a lot of the developers on SideQuest to try and secure a regular supply of keys for games. And we're going to commit a regular amount to be able to keep this stuff going. But I think since Christmas, we have spent $15,000 on prizes and stuff for giveaways. Uh, we've given away so far uh, eight Oculus Quests in that time, and you know, hundreds and hundreds of game keys, loads of hoodies, T-shirts, swag, rebuff reality, VR power, uh, VR cover, all that kind of stuff. So non-stop on SideQuest, on the website and on our Discord, you'll see giveaways going on all the time. But right now, today, to celebrate this F Reality podcast, uh, we have a Quest giveaway which has just started. Uh, you can find it in both the Discord and on the website, and we're giving away five wow. of these sweet hoodies. These things are immaculate we went through uh five different suppliers to get really top quality these are full cover print really like they've got this uh this inside kind of um uh really cozy oh it's so nice warm. How, yeah, how, how, if you don't win the competition how, how, how can we get one or, or, or yeah. not for sale? how do we get one like <laughs> so, um, yeah we are actually working on making them available for sale that's proving Sweet. difficult just with the logistics of the planet right now with the pandemic yeah, and also sure. just uh, trying to accommodate multiple uh, territories and shipping mm. and all that kind of stuff. So what we might do is we might open up a store. Uh, it may possibly target the US first just to allow us to get the foot in the door. What? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah. Canada as well? 
I won't even be able to order one. Yeah, I mean, Canada seems fairly reasonable. I think that's probably covered in the same territory. But uh, yeah, we're we're definitely investigating that. We've nothing concrete to announce just yet. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the show. I think it's, you know, it's awesome what you're doing with SideQuest and, uh, you know, we'll continue supporting you uh, in the future as well. I think, you know, it's definitely got its place on Quest and uh, hopefully it stays there in the future as well. Totally. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. I really do. You know, I think I think I've said it before. There's a tendency for people to want to make these videos depicting, you know, a bloody knife and a, and a, a you know, something stabbing the SideQuest <laughs> oh, logo. Yeah. And I, I, you yeah. know, I get it to be honest, because when you see how many, how much people kind of tend to talk about SideQuest, people obviously get very animated to think that there's a possibility it could be going away, which which makes the videos quite popular. Uh, so that's great. But I appreciate you guys. You know, you've always been there. You've always been very supportive. You've always tried to keep, you know, the misinformation down and keep people informed and. I mean, on our side of things, we're just always going to make every decision we make with our developers at heart. The developers who rely on SideQuest and rely on what we do, uh, we're going to do right by them uh, always. Mm. So whatever happens, every decision we make will basically be driven by that, whether or not uh, it's good for yeah. our developers. Awesome. Yeah, you've no, definitely got our support and you've definitely yeah. got the support from the community as well. They absolutely love you to bits and they, they're saying thank you for yeah. uh, joining us on the show this week as well. So yeah, thanks again, Shane. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you all. I really appreciate it. So now uh, let's pass over to Zim, see what we've got uh, in terms of releases this week uh, and uh, round up the show. Yeah, sounds good, man. All right, so let's, uh, the first one of these is uh, is, a, is a 20 minute um, VR short film. Uh, now these things, I know I tend to be a bit indie when I, when I bring gonna releases watch here. Like from... we're, we're gonna watch it yeah it's just gonna <laughs> the, end of the show yeah <laughs> i love it i love it when you get like short indie vr films because you're like hang on a second i just watched the tenth of it just looking at the trailer but yeah. uh this one yeah. is from the creators yeah. of rose and i which was an old oh, vr hit and yes, Alumet, yes. which i, I remember oh. being quite sad and like hit me in the heart but dude um yes. so these two have come together <laughs> to actually make wow. a title called arden's wake um, and this is for this is for Rift actually. So if you're a Quest user and you don't have a PC, you won't necessarily be able to do this one. It's quite a good-looking, uh, cartoonish uh, style animation feature. Now it is paid, so it's six pounds or about eight dollars, right? But it's um, it's about it's about an interesting an interesting kind of apocalyptic world. Um, the sea levels have risen, and a young woman and her father live in a lighthouse perched atop the ocean's surface. When he goes missing, she must descend deep into the post-apocalyptic waters, previously forbidden to her, embarking on a thrilling journey of family history and self-discovery. So I know we've we've had little drip feeds of this kind of material coming out, um, but I'm really glad to see this from Penrose Studios. I hadn't heard from them for quite a while. Uh, Alumet is... 2017, I think. It's actually quite a ways back. I totally forgot about that, but that, and, that, that animation is amazing. So yeah. I'm, I'm totally yeah. going to watch this. Yeah, Absolutely. Understand. And the thing is, I, th- I find it really easy, just like any, you know, I, I suppose YouTube usually forces all of us who create content there to think about, you know, the 10 to 20 minute, you know, window of someone's attention. And I love this kind of stuff. I love this kind of short, uh, immaculately created, you know, storytelling. I think it's just, it's, it's gorgeous. It looks really pretty. Uh, I'm definitely going to check it out as well. I haven't had it yet. Dropped on the 11th of February. Uh, check it out on the Rift platform. So there you go. That's the first one. Nice. Getting Bioshock yes. vibes from that. You know, definitely Nate Yeah, Nakey's a little back. bit Bioshock, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Um, the second one, now, I've, I've kind of cut down from saying three things to two. So... Uh, the second one we already talked a little bit about in the releases, which is good. Cut some time off this podcast, save you time 
Uh, and if you're you know, doing a jog or something while you're listening to us, then uh, you won't have too much more to go. So Vanishing Grace, uh, we talked about this. Nathan and Mike have both played it. This is a quest title. Uh, it's, it's basically $19 or 15 pounds by Monte Perdido Studio. Dropped again on the 11th of February. And if you liked Sharks of Mars as an FPS player, but, wanted, Mars? but you wanted yes. more of a laid-back puzzle game approach to your VR, so not <laughs> not blasty, blasty, nighty, nighty, bitey, bitey, but instead uh, this kind of game, then I'd say this is your lunch. Now, it, it looks like Hover Junkers. It looks like Sharks of Mars, but a little bit brighter. Um, you know, I never thought you would make a bridge between that <laughs> game no. and this. No. <laughs> It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, and, go on, go on. And, and so uh, this, I would just say that Oculus Home reviewers so far have remarked on the gorgeous Quest 2 visuals, uh, the core emotional experience, uh, but do lament that it's a bit short for the money. Um, we've talked about it earlier. Yeah. This is Vanishing Grace. I won't go it's on just, any further. He, like he's able to make something that is a niche as a puzzle game into another niche by saying, hey, hey, are you that one person who played Sharks from Mars? <laughs> then you're going to love the art style and go play this. It's, it's an art style. It's an art form, you know. Well, it's, it's, an, it's art on itself to compare those two together. <laughs> I love, if you haven't played Sharks from Mars, it's fucking hilarious. It's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you probably never heard of it. So yeah. I'll just um, I'll just mention a couple of like things that have come out this week that you might not have heard about. So first off, uh, there's a Solaris patch that I really like the sound of. It's the first material change that to this game since the wiggly waggly left arm fix that they did and the, the squatting uh, that I think is quite material. So now the game has the bar reduced to four players. So that's two on either team before the match will kick off, uh, which means instead of having to wait for full teams on both sides, which can be a 15, 20, 30 minute affair, uh, especially when there aren't that many people playing, that bar has now been dropped. So I think that's a good one. Also, the warm-up lobby is no longer static. You're not sitting there just looking at each other's asses. You can actually wander around and shoot each other, which is great. So finally, we've got an interactive lobby and a lower bar to entry, which is fantastic for people who like Solaris. Uh, the final thing on their patch list is that the shotgun which they've introduced, and I haven't played with yet, and that's sad because I'm a shotgun dude in FPS games, um, they nerfed it because apparently people were using it as a shotgun sniper, and FPS people aren't too much a fan of that, so they actually had to nerf that a little bit. So that's Solaris. Uh, then we've got a Medal of Honor patch that uh, Nathy noticed, uh, which is great, because I've um, having having played through the single player, I've totally taken my eyes off the game. Yeah, as, I I, thought, as I thought, like, you know, you're the biggest fan of this game. I, I, am, I had to I'm just send fan. you the update. You yeah, I'm a, huge, I'm a huge fan. And the thing is, it's really tough to keep an eye on their releases. Like, to even find the patch notes was not easy. Anyway, I'll, I'll cover off the basics. So if you were going to play this, say you just bought it in the Steam sale, and you're the kind of person, because there's plenty of console gamers out there who like to skip the narrative and just play, especially if you're into shooters, um, now you can. So you hold down both triggers and you can skip any of the narratives in the story. So a lot That's of people nice. who, especially if you're going to replay the game and you've already heard it, you don't want to be force-fed the game again. Once you've looked um, into the eyes of the Vino brothers, then, you know... You want to skip? That, that's then what you've seen death. <laughs> yeah. I wow. will replay the game only well, for talk, that talk, moment. Talking about meta labs, those guys could definitely use an overhaul with meta labs. <laughs> <laughs> that facial technology? I don't know, man. Those guys are perfect. If you put those guys in high def, I would be frightened to look. You know, oh god! I, yeah. How would they look? Like, oh god. Uh, so, Medal of Honor has a few other things. Uh, if you're a seated gamer and you like that, um, then now you've got a crouch feature for seated. And the HP Reverb G2, so G2 owners are now formally supported 
by Medal of Honor above and beyond. So if you've got a G2 and you want to go, you know, shoot some Nazis, there you go. So that means mixed reality in general, I guess. So also uh, Alder, like G2, Odyssey, and all I guess They named the G2 specifically, actually, with hmm. this. So I don't know if they're certifying anybody else, but they yeah. specifically targeted it at G2. Um, and the final thing I'll mention, which is the thing I said about Rowdy earlier, not about Rowdy, sorry, Rowdy, I swear I didn't call you a monkey or anything. There's a game, monkey game, if you're into this Godzilla, fucking King Kong stuff, then, um, my God, you're the plague of the planet. But anyway, um, <laughs> Gorilla Tag is a freebie on Steam. So Gorilla Tag is available now. It dropped on the 12th of February. <laughs> and you can run, jump, and climb using only your hands with these crazy little half, <laughs> kind of half-assed gorilla models in a, in a very vertical jungle. Brilliant. This is brilliant, You, you, you this play multiplayer? We need to play this. We, we need, this, to, we this need to play insane. this game. Yeah, we need to play this. Okay, I'll put a match <laughs> together. This is like, this is like the, okay, the, okay, the listen, free run attack kind of thing that you see on yeah. YouTube quite often, right? Yes, and the thing is, yeah. there's a couple of modes. So there's not just the normal bit, there's also an infection mode, which I think is great during <laughs> COVID. Infection mode. Yeah, so Especially in this day and age, that's really what we want to play. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We can't play outside. Let's play in our VR headsets and infect each other. Hey, you know, so just to leave with the tagline here of Gorilla Tag on Steam, I'm going to say reject humanity, embrace your inner ape. They're all hugging each other releases. and infected on the park bench. That's hilarious. Yeah, they, they should call it COVID Absolutely. mode, though. That is gorilla attack mode, COVID mode. Yeah, this is this is this is this the highlight of the show. <laughs> so that's yeah. sorry, Shane. Nice. This is the highlight. Sorry, Shane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No side quest, but no, this, no. this is this is just you know. No, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Awesome. <laughs> see him there taking all the offense. You know, uh, he's one of these monkey conservationists. I think that's Shane. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he's wearing the hat. You know, it's all about the monkeys. Um, so that was us for the releases. Just a quick re recap: Barton's Wake, Vanishing Grace, Solaris, and Medal of Honor patches. And don't forget to play Gorilla Tag with your mates. It's free. Right. It's That's free us. on Steam. It's free. it's free to play. Exactly. Free to play. Um, so just a quick recap. It's a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show, live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in, in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Spotify. If you've enjoyed the live stream, hit us a like. We'd really appreciate it. And subscribe to our channel for all our future VR podcasts. Uh, thanks to Val, the Virtual Athletics League, for sponsoring the show. And thanks to Shane and Orla for joining us on the show as well. And all the great work that they're doing over on SideQuest. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to all yes. our listeners and viewers as well. We love you all. And we'll be back on next week's show for some more VR news. But until then, take care and bye-bye for now. See you later. <laughs>